0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: It is Wednesday, June 12th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson returns. And get ready, listeners. It's former state senator and host of the Ricky Hendon Show. Yeah, Ricky Hendon. And now, host of the Ben Jarofsky Show, Chicago Reader columnist,
2: Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this High School Wednesday. And here's why. Interesting story in today's papers. Not just the tr- uh, Sun Times, but the Tribune. All right. Can Both. You of please them. Show the listeners the newspaper. Oh, okay. Here's the Tribune, Chicago Tribune. You Here go. is my beloved bright one, Chicago Sun Times. And by the way, while we're at it, here's the New York Times. See and that, downloaders? Here's the Reader. And while we're really at it, who's that millennial guy that w- waited yesterday? Oh, pick one. Pick one. Oh, wait, his name is not Pick One? No. no. <laughs> it was whatever. He was like Millennial re- Listener. Look, Millennial Listener, The Mueller Report. Yep, the book, all right? But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Although it's always here if we need it, to look up stuff like Conduct Toward Flynn's Manafort. Hmm, after Flynn withdrew from a... Dr- anyway, focus, Ben, focus. Um, headline in the Sun-Times, embarrassing defeat for Wagaspak chairing his first finance meeting. i let me break this down. That would be the meeting of the Chicago City Council Finance Committee. That would be the finance committee that was previously chaired by Ed Burke. That would be the ball powerful, evil Ed Burke, who in addition to chairing the finance committee, which means overseeing every single contract, every single TIF deal that comes through the city of Chicago, uh, also found time to run a very lucrative property tax business. All right, D? Okay, he's a busy guy, and man. And the guy, you got to make money. Yeah. You know? We got to make money because 110000 a year, whatever the alderman get, is not enough.
1: Hey, Burger King, give me money.
2: <laughs> so what Burke would do, allegedly, would be to shake down a business for his property tax business from... people who are seeking contracts from the city. How about that? That's what you call a conflict of interest. That's what you call alleged fraud. Uh, the feds indicted him, uh, Mayor Rom forced Burke to step down as finance committee chair, and when Lori Lightfoot came in, she replaced him with Scott Wagesbeck. Now, Scott Wagesbeck, everybody, is about as different from Ed Burke as night from day. While Ed Burke does not really do much of anything to hide his conflict of interests and his desire to use government to facilitate his personal property tax business, Scott Wagesback has been sort of like a um, a good scout since 2007. when He was first elected to the city council. Not even a trace, iota of wrongdoing by Scott Waggisback. He's a man with integrity. He's a man who uh, is, plays fair. He plays by the rules. He lives on his salary as an alderman. He does not have a property tax business on the side. In other words, he is the kind of person you think That everybody would look at as a role model. But in the up is down universe, the Chicago City Council, they don't like him. The aldermen don't like Scott Wagersback, And to understand why, you have to understand that the Chicago City Council is like a high school cafeteria. It's just like high school. The aldermen are like the kids you went to high school with, alright? So in this case, they like the popular guy, and they don't like the goody-two-shoes guy. So the popular guy is Ed Burke. Now think of it this way, folks. Ed Burke's like that guy in high school who had his own car early, right? So he could drive oh, I hated places. that guy. You hated the guy with the car? Yeah. Usually the guy with the car was the one you relied on to oh. get you, like, jealous of him. Oh, okay, there you go. But see, you may be jealous of him, but you took those rides. Man. He took you the Burger King, and hey, maybe he had a little money because he was a rich kid. Daddy had money. So, hey, let me buy you a burger. And he also had a fake ID. You know one of those guys with the fake ID, so he can get your beer? Hey, kid, you want some beer? Hop in my car. All right? Scotty Wags, back on the other hand, was the kind of kid who did his homework <laughs> and raised his hand when the teacher asked a question. I, I know the answer. Oh, those guys are annoying, too. <laughs> See what I'm saying? And that's how it is in the Chicago City Council. Eddie Burke was the guy with the car. Hey, Alderman, I control the allowance. You need a little money for, let's say, to hire an extra staffer? No problemo. Hey, Alderman, you need a little money to uh, buy an office computer? I got the money right here. Hey, Alderman, you need some money for your campaign? Hey, I'll come and write you a check right now. I like Ed Burke. I don't care if he has a property tax business and is shaking down people who do business with the city. He gave me a ride in his daddy's car. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Thank you. All right. Yes. Meanwhile, here's what Scott Waggisback did. When it came to very important decisions that would affect billions or millions and millions of dollars, he voted the right way. How about that? How outrageous is that? He analyzed the situation. He studied it. He weighed the pros and the cons. And he said, like, for instance, in the case of the parking meter deal, this is a bad deal. I'm going to vote no. And how did the other aldermen respond to that? They get angry at Scott Waggisback. Why? Because they're all voting yes. And by him voting no, he's making them look bad. So there you go. They love Ed Burke because he's got daddy's car, and he's giving them goodies, most of which he collected by shaking down, allegedly, people who do business with the city of Chicago, and they hate Scott Wagersback because he votes the right way, looking out for the interests of the property taxpayers, and he makes them look bad because they voted the wrong way. You're following that, everybody? So, Lori Lightfoot, give her credit, uh, had Scott Wagersback installed as the Finance Committee Chair. It was all about her efforts to clean up government. Yesterday was his first meeting, and there was a decision there was a, a, a settlement. They had a pass. Uh, I will now read from France. Uh, Fran, excuse me, France Spielman's article in today's Sun Times. Quote: uh, Yesterday's meeting. It uh, a Three point seven million dollar settlement stemming from a drunken driving accident in River West that left a young woman paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, aldermen have nothing but sympathy for the uh, for Kelsey Ibeck, one of the four passengers in a car that Philip Cho drove off a roadway and over a twenty five foot embankment at the intersection of Erie Street and Union Avenue. Man, D, that is something else. They fell twenty five feet, uh, mm. but the aldermen were furious that. That beleaguered Chicago taxpayers were left holding the bag for 3.7 million while the drunken motorist who fled the scene paid roughly 30,000. and the owner of the nightclub that allegedly, allegedly overserved Cho was on the hook for over a million. Now I can understand why the Alderman would, would be furious. I, too, am kind of furious. The city of Chicago was not the one who fed the motorist the drinks so that he was drunk. The city of Chicago was not the one behind the wheel driving the car off the embankment. The city of Chicago's responsibility in all this had to do with whether or not they properly illuminated the roadway so that people, drivers would know that they, there was the, the potential of going off the embankment. Of all the people responsible for what went down, the city of Chicago is arguably the least responsible. Why, therefore, are the taxpayers of the city of Chicago being asked to pay the most? That's a very good question. And the answer is, if anybody who knows uh, personal injury lawyers know, the city of Chicago's got the deepest pockets. So when you file a lawsuit like that, the chances are that it's, you're going to go after the person with the most money to give if you want to get the most money. And so they're going after the city of Chicago now. The aldermen have a choice. They could, if they want, say no. We would rather we're going to vote no on this settlement. In which case, the case goes to court. If they lose in court, you're looking at a settlement. You're looking at a verdict of twenty-five to thirty million. So Lori Lightfoot is advising the aldermen to basically take the lower amount of money instead of risking a trial that could lead to a twenty-five million dollar verdict. Take the three point seven. This stuff happens all the time in, in the city of Chicago, people. It happened all the time under uh, Mayor Rahm. It happened all the time under Mayor Daley. And by the way... Ed Burke was the uh, the alderman in charge of the Finance Committee who, appe- who approved all of these settlements. And they just slipped right through with barely a dissent. Oh, maybe some alderman would get up and vent and moan and groan, but they wouldn't vote no. Well, yesterday, they voted no. 13 to 8, I think it was. Uh, and in the aftermath, they said it was outrageous that the city of Chicago would have to pay so much money when they're the least responsible for went down. And again, like I said, they make a good point. But I have to ask myself, did they vote 13 to 8 that way because they took a principled stand to protect the fiduciary interest taxpayers of the city of chicago the same alderman by the way who felt that there was no harm in passing the parking meter deal twice did they take that finally take a principled stand or did they just take that vote to embarrass scotty the kid they don't like in the cafeteria you decide chicagoans we got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson will be here. He'll be here about one thirty talking. Trump. Yeah. Trump. Okay. Trump. And Fitness. What? Fitness. <laughs> you will be talking fitness. We'll be feeding him some of the lifesavers, by oh, the way. Speaking of, yeah. let me, I'm going
1: to get rid of that bag. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the, the lifesavers.
2: Delicious. Nice Mark, Simms, Mark, Mark Sims brought some uh, lifesavers here in the studio. All our guests will now be <laughs> dining courtesy of Mark Sims, yesterday's guest. And Ricky Hennon, former alderman, former state senator, talk show host, and uh, he has a he knows a thing or two about politics. That's for sure. I'm going to ask Ricky Hennon when he comes to the studio. Do it. Ask him. Did, did he ask think him. the alderman suddenly f- came to their, like, found their Inner reformers and said, "You know what? I'm going to look out for the douche, for, for the fiduciary interests of the taxpayers." Or did he think the Auditors were just trying to embarrass one Scotty Waggis back? So we got a lot of political talk ahead of us with Monroe Anderson and Ricky Hannon. But before we
1: do any of that. It's time for the national news. All right, everybody. My name's Dennis. How's it going? It's the middle of Wednesday. First things first, let's talk about the national news happening this afternoon. Donald Trump Jr., the president's oldest son, he testified in a closed door hearing before the Senate Intelligence Committee today. Before the hearing, he was asked by reporters if he had come to correct his 2017 testimony and responded, saying there was, quote, nothing to correct. <laughs> So the hearing's over. Uh, Remember, it was closed doors, so we don't know what the hell happened. But after the hearing, Trump Jr. told reporters, quote, I don't think I changed anything I said because there was nothing to change.
2: I see. <laughs> no collusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Donald Trump Jr. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, OK. Respond- <laughs> Responding to a question that asked whether he feared perjury allegations, he responded, not at all. Oh, no. Mm I mean, He's got a he
2: fear of that at all. I was he gonna say yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm very scared. <laughs> yeah, if
1: he was honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm really scared. I don't know what I said last time. Meanwhile, Dad, Donald Trump Sr. <laughs> no collusion. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. You all know how this works by now, right? New day, new beef okay. for the president. Today our president is lashing out on a released uh report relating to internal polling taken by or oh, taken yeah. by his re-election mm. campaign. Last month, Politico reported that internal polling suggested Trump's support was slipping in three key battleground states in the Midwest after rising interest in Joe Biden's run for the Democratic presidential nomination. The New York Times reported on Monday that Trump instructed aides to lie about the poll findings. This caused Trump to take to Twitter, obviously, <laughs> yeah. suggesting that these polls never existed in the first place obviously. And featured in the tweet were the words uh, like fake news, witch hunt, corrupt media, and uh, full sentences in all caps. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and today the Trump administration has asserted executive privilege on documents related to the 2020 census. The move was announced just as the House Oversight Committee is about to vote on a motion that would hold Attorney General William Barr and Treasury Secretary Wilbur Ross in contempt of Congress for failure to disclose the documents.
2: Yes, all right. uh, uh, Let's Deal with the polls first, uh, yeah, we talked about this yesterday. There was another poll that the New York Times cited. I think it was an internal White House poll that showed Joe Biden ahead of of um, Trump in like seventeen different states. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so uh, let's face. All right, folks, ask yourself: Who do you believe? Do you think the New York Times just made it up? You think the New York Times has said, well, yeah, we'll just make, I know what we'll do, we we'll wake up today and make up a story. What if we made up the news? Yeah, we'll just make up the news. Here's an idea. Yeah. Uh, or do you think Donald Trump is lying? Hmm. New York Times making up news, Donald Trump lying, hey, we're right back to the debate about the, the city council. City council suddenly finding its, uh, its inner do the right thing or just trying to embarrass Scotty Waggis back. Hmm, us weigh in balance. I would have to say that jo- Donald Trump is making it up as he goes along, uh, and it, that sounds so much like Trump. And by the way, having read the Mueller report he read that whole thing already guys <laughs> when did you buy it uh, i bought it saturday I did not actually all right let truth be told i cannot tell a lie i am not donald trump i cannot tell a lie i've not read the whole thing
1: yet obviously uh, how giant <laughs> that thing is
2: i'll tell you well it doesn't even have it's 728 pages anyway um I do believe that Donald Trump is lying. I do believe that internal polls show that Donald Trump is losing uh, to uh, Joe Biden and perhaps uh, other uh, Democratic candidates as well. And I do believe that Donald Trump is losing his freaking mind over the prospects that he's going to be humiliated in the upcoming election, and so he's freaking out, just like he freaked out uh, when the um, uh, Ro- Roger Rosenstein, uh, or, excuse me, Rod Rosenstein appointed uh, Mueller to investigate his alleged uh, collusion. News collusion with uh, Russia. So, yeah, Donald Trump tends to freak out when he gets bad news and uh, sets off a bunch of tweets attacking everybody he thinks is responsible for the bad news without ever looking in the mirror, making stuff up as he goes along. And so uh, that is what I believe in that story. I
1: mean... You say all that, but I mean... No collusion. Yeah, well, it's okay. No collusion. Valid point, yeah. Mm -hmm. Trump counselor Kellyanne Conway spoke Mm. with reporters at the White House briefly today. Conway was asked for comment on the pending Supreme Court decision on the 2020 census. She said, quote, I think what's happening is that people who are worried that it's constitutional, in fact, to ask a citizenship question on the U.S. census, are trying to pregame it and get ahead of that by colluding the coverage, and that's unfortunate. Colluding? Yeah, now they're now now that
2: whoa, no, So terrible. now there is collusion. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's There's terrible. only other side colludes. Uh, this story has been kicked around for a while, folks. And the notion is is that if you ask people whether they're citizens on the census, fewer people will participate in the census. They'll be hiding from census takers. That will decrease the number, following on this, of people who live in blue states, particularly people of Hispanic origin. So it, it would be at a disadvantage to the Democrats and an advantage to the Republicans. Now, ask yourself this folks if they, do you believe that the republican party if it could would manipulate the census in order to get a political advantage. I say, given the history of the Republican Party over the last 50 or so years, a resounding yes, of course they would. You know it too, folks. They would do anything to win an election. We've seen that time and time again. Remember, Donald John Trump, in October of 2016, when he was expecting to lose, said, it's rigged. As soon as it won, as soon as he won, he goes, the most decisive triumph of all time. So, I don't think the Republicans have much credibility on this issue. And the, the big problem for the state of Illinois is that if you um, rig the census so that fewer people participate and we have lower uh, numbers, then there's less. Then, then there's a lower count for the state of Illinois, it means less federal funds for the state of Illinois, fewer representation, in, uh, fewer congressional districts, less representation in Congress. So there are practical consequences for rigging the census. And uh, most of those uh, practical consequences benefit the Republicans.
1: Our new millennial friend Kyle is on the live stream. Oh, is that the guy? Yes, Kyle. He just just now joined. He says here, I'm looking, but I don't see the print copy of the Mueller report. Ben was going to show the camera from yesterday. Ben, why don't you get up from your chair and just put it right in the camera just to show him that says that the Mueller report. We're not lying here, all right? He bought this thing. Yeah, there's no Donald Trump. There's There's no, look at that. There you go. Mueller report. Show them how many pages it is. (laughs) Look at that. My God. He's going to read all of that. All right, hold on one second. Okay. This oh, this is fantastic oh, podcasting here. Okay, please sit back down. All right. And Kellyanne Conway, for those wondering, by the way, uh, all two of you, uh, Kellyanne Conway has officially moved on from Hillary Clinton, Ben. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you followed the 2016 election, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, she has a new presidential candidate to torture for about two years. Ben, any guess as to who that may be? Here's uh, a hint he's really old. Uh, let
2: me guess. His initials are the same as the governor of the state of Illinois.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, it's Grandpa Joe, former Mm -hmm. vice president and now 2020 POTUS candidate Joe Biden. Conway first brought up the 2020 Democratic primary race as a whole and called it, quote, that hot mess. (laughs) Where was this interview? It was a whole press conference today uh, and then said that it is obsessive. Weird and downright goofy that Vice President Biden doesn't mention President Obama, but a few times in his speech and he mentions President Trump 76 times. Yeah,
2: well, he's not running against Obama. He's running against Trump. Uh, is Is there more in this? That's it. All right. Well, there's actually now. It's, this is an interesting thing. Uh, we're probably talking about this all day. But I would love to hear Ricky Henning on this. I, I'm always reading strategies uh, suggested to the republic uh, to the Democrats by uh, Republicans or conservative columnists. Like they really care about the Democrats. You know what I mean? They, obviously, they they. It's like they want to uh, they want to act as though they're giving constructive advice to Democrats. When it, I think. It's this passive aggressive thing where they want to give advice to Democrats in the hopes that the Democrats will actually follow the advice that they give them and that Democrats will lose. So one of the things they always say is, and some Democrats say this too, let's not mention Trump. Let's run on the issues. D, when has the issues ever elected anybody? I mean, I care about issues, okay? I'm a geek. I write a column. I analyze this stuff for a living. Most voters, I hate to say it, ladies and gentlemen, don't pay attention to the issues. And the big issue, number one issue in this this country right now in terms of national politics is Donald Trump. You either love him or you hate him. And I think that most people dislike him in this country, and I think it's just so obvious despite what all the Republicans were advising the Democrats, that the the most the fastest way for the Democrats to win is to just keep hammering at Trump. That's my personal opinion. I think that's what motivated the electorate in 2018 when the Democrats took back the Congress, uh, that and health care. So um, I would respectfully disagree with Kellyanne Conway. Uh, I would urge Joe Biden and all the Democrats to keep up the attacks on Donald Trump.
1: Now, of course, we will keep you posted on these stories as today's program rolls along. Our one I guess Monroe Anderson loves talking about national news, so you know he's going to be talking about all of this later on Mm -hmm. as well. But for the time being, we are going to move on. And after this short little break, people, we are going to find out what else is news. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, indeed. Smith
2: drafted multiple emails stating or intimidating...
1: Are you reading the Mueller report? Yeah, it's my favorite part. Okay. (laughs) Page 123. Take it home and leave it home. (laughs) I like the
2: Mueller report. All right, I'm going to just put it here, folks, and I'm going to resist reading the Mueller report. Leah, you're not allowed to read the Mueller report either, okay? I know you're tempted. There we go. Thanks for
1: starting that, Kyle the Millennial. (laughs) Bastard! All right, okay. Uh, We're about to find out what's going on. You're not a bastard, guy. We're about to find out what's going on locally. If you could pick anywhere in the city of Chicago to place the Obama Center slash museum, where would you put it? That was the question we asked all of you on our Facebook and Twitter pages. uh, After a federal judge in Chicago threw out a lawsuit attempting to block construction of the Obama Presidential Center in Jackson Park. And Ben, I think we may be doing something right here because... The people have responded to our question. They've weighed in. Whoa, that's a little different, you know. So we're going to be reading your uh, Obama Center suggestions in a moment. But first, Mm -hmm. Baby Baby Daily is going to Wall Street. (laughs) Oh, there's another big surprise. Just a week after reports were released that former mayor, and boy, it felt great to say that, Rob Emanuel joined the Wall Street investment firm Centerview Partners as an investment banker, Former 2019 Chicago mayoral candidate
2: Bill Daly is doing it too. Mm, he's becoming he's a banker. He's going back to his banking roots, huh?
1: The following comes from Crane Chicago Business and one Ann Weiler. Ben, I've almost got Crane's writer Greg Hines booked for the show. we got to find a date for next month. Please know Greg Hines jokes about him being
2: awful at poker. Oh, did I ever tell you about the time I played poker with Greg Hines yeah. back in 1981? He was good, right?
1: Uh, no, he was terrible. Okay. He was a
2: terrible bluffer. Was, and Plus, he would get distracted and be talking and forget what was played
1: and wouldn't follow it. Yeah, no. no. I, got, I got an email here. Hold on. <laughs> Hines. It's from Greg Hines. Okay, we just uh, lost the interview. Okay. Damn <laughs> Listen, it, Greg
2: Hyde's great reporter. You know, I was, too late now. But <laughs> terrible poker player.
1: Uh, all right well we'll continue with the cranes article okay. Bill Daly is joining Bank of New York Mellon mm-hmm. or Milan I'm Melon. not sure yeah oh it's Mellon. yeah as a vice chairman uh-huh. he'll oversee government affairs communications philanthropy and corporate social responsibility the bank announced today uh, he'll be based in New York according to a bank spokeswoman
2: yeah here a big surprise by the way a little fun-filled fact about the Bank of New York Mellon it was started by Alexander Hamilton. Did you know that? No, I only knew that because I looked it up when I when oh. I saw he got the job. I, did, I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm not surprised at all that Bill Daley uh, would go back to being a banker. He was a banker before. He made a lot of money at Chase. Uh, he is sort of exhibit A, as is Rom. I guess Rom would be exhibit B, of the kind of Democrat that banks need. They want a Democrat, uh, somebody who works for the bank, who could provide them access to the leaders of the Democratic Party when they're dealing with oversight and regular issues, like let's say a bank wants to buy another bank, or let's say a bank wants less oversight and how it lends money, and uh, so you've already got your hooks in the Republican Party a guy like Daly, with contacts in the Democratic Party, is exceedingly valuable. So I'm sure they're paying him well for um, his last name, if nothing else. Just as I'm sure the bank that or it's not a bank, it's an investment firm that Rob's working for is going to pay him uh, well, uh, well also. So there you go, you know. And I think the voters of the city of Chicago essentially well they rejected Daly. He couldn't even make the runoff. Uh, and uh, they essentially forced Rom uh, to not even bother running for the race. So I think the people in the city of Chicago are kind of tired of Democrats who are pretty clearly representing the banking industry, et cetera. They don't want them running their town. But that doesn't stop these Democrats from going off and making big money. Uh, doing what they do best, and that is using their democratic connections to lobby on the ha- behalf of big banks.
1: So you're saying it's not a coincidence. And if Mayor Daly were to win, it would be kind of more of the same. Uh, if Mayor Daly had to, had won I'm the sorry, last if election, Bill Daley had. Oh won. my goodness,
2: yeah. it would have been Rom three, yes. Which actually would have been Richie M. Daly. I forget how many times. Rom was a continuation of Richard M. Daley, and Bill Daley would have been a continuation of Rom. So, yeah. So, the city of Chicago really did take a strong stand against the kind of government we've had for the last... I don't always appreciate that enough, D. You know what I'm saying? I should be more appreciative of what the people of the city of Chicago did. I spent all my time concentrating on the bad things that the the city council does. Like, for instance. Be more appreciative. I should be, like, you know, trying to embarrass Scott Waggis back uh, at yesterday's council vote as opposed to, you know, seriously considering the issues at hand. But so let me be more appreciative. Thank you, voters, for taking a decisive stand against, like, 40 more years of dailyism. Aw,
1: that's nice. (laughs) I like appreciative Ben.
2: You know, I just come on. I, the glass is not always half empty, D. Sometimes it's half full. All right, remember that. You're
1: telling me this. <laughs> okay, I often have to tell you that. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's not Daly's first time on Wall Street, as Ben said. He spent seven years at J.P. Morgan Chase. He also served as chief of staff to President Barack Obama and Commerce Secretary under President Bill Clinton. All right. Now it's time to read your Obama Center suggestions. Okay. Once again, the question: If you could pick anywhere in the city of chicago to place the obama center slash museum where would you put it head over to our facebook or twitter page and leave us your suggestion at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show now ben be listening here and weigh in let's do the twitter suggestions first first it's amy's suggestion where in the city of chicago <clears throat> would our where uh, would we put the obama center amy says next to the casino haha <laughs> kidding michael reese it's an easy fix community uh, revitalization and preservation of historic parkland for all to enjoy. No reason we should we should be selling off our public assets. OFC sees value in parkland and lake. Why don't we? Yeah. Uh, who
2: wrote this? That would be Amy. Amy, great uh, suggestion. Let me just say this: uh, they, the the casino may end up being at the Michael Reese site. So uh, you may actually have predicted where it's going to go. By the way, the city of Chicago owns that land. That's uh, land on the near south side of Chicago. used to be Michael Reese Hospital. Uh, Michael Reese Hospital went out of business a few years back. And in 2008, I want to say, or 2007, uh, the city of Chicago, under the leadership of the aforementioned Mayor Daley, p- purchased that land for about $95 million. $95 million. We were going to put the Olympics there, the Olympic uh, residential vi- village, for where the athletes would stay uh, while they were participating in the games. Of course, there was no Olympics. We didn't get the Olympics, but guess what? We did get a bill for $95 million for some land now that we don't know what to do with. So it would make all the sense in the world to put land that we already own to good use uh, by putting the center there. But guess what, D? Huh. <laughs> if it makes sense in the city of Chicago, we're not going to do it. You know what? Didn't I say I was going to look at the glass? That's what I'm telling called, you. Uh, let, me, let me take a drink of water. Okay, sure. Having had that drink, the glass is not even half-filled. <laughs> the glass is like three-quarters-filled.
1: <laughs> Up next, that's Fred Klonsky's suggestion. Hey! hey, we know him. Hey,
2: Fred, man. He's uh, a pension man. The guy, the guy knows more about pensions than anyone, not named Jeff Johnson.
1: Check out his show on Lumpin' Radio on Fridays, I believe, at 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, his suggestion for the Obama Center, he says, uh, put it across the street from the judge who ruled they could put it in a public park. <laughs> that's pretty clever. By the way,
2: do you know that Fred Klomsky's nickname is The Hammer?
1: Oh, yeah. I, yeah, you I, told me okay. that.
2: Just let to know.
1: On several occasions. Mm-hmm. All right, how about Dosecki's fifty-two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Doseki's fifty-two <laughs> leaves us a stoic suggestion oh, okay. on Twitter for yeah. the location of the Obama Center. Dosecki's fifty-two <laughs> types I believe it's important to distinguish the Obama Foundation Center from the President Obama Library. The foundation should not receive special treatment reserved for a presidential library if it is not home to the library.
2: I agree with him. I, listen, whatever I I know I'm out of touch with most of the people in the city of Chicago and this, although it sounds like our listeners are weighing in. I do not believe they should put the presidential library or center, whatever it is, in Jackson Park. I think it's a misuse of park space. I think we should keep as much park space as we probably, possibly can have. I understand that in the past the city has greenlit development of park space. That doesn't mean we should continue to do so, folks. There's only a limited amount of but particularly stuff park space that's right on the lake, you know, and then people say, Oh Ben, you just, all you like to do is walk in the grass and look at the trees, man. What's that?
1: <laughs> that impression of a person? Who?
2: Who was that? Back in the day, I've I've written many articles. D, I've been writing a long time in the city of Chicago. Yeah,
1: you're old. Dude. I'm
2: old, man. I've written so many articles back in the nineties and the O's, uh, the twenties, the thirties, always uh, railing against some dumb plan by the city of Chicago to develop its park, use up its park space. I remember doing fighting against Latin school. that want to put a soccer field in Lincoln park. And um, when Roe just walked in with an umbrella, looks like it's raining outside. Yeah, you? you are right? on top of it today. <laughs> so, I'm always railing about this, that, the other thing. And every time I did this back in the 90s and the O's, some, you know, a daily supporter would go, oh, man, all you care about is birds. Now,
1: who is that? <laughs> is a that a da- person you were yeah. given an impression of?
2: That's my daily supporter. Oh, yeah. that's a daily, daily supporter. supporter. Oh. oh, you care about his birds and grass. What did you care about with people? People want to building, all right, man? Get with it. So I've been hearing that for a long time, and I'll be here to or, or now they'll go, President Obama was a great president, and if he wants his building in a park, let him put it in the park. That's Chicago, and speaking there, Monroe Anderson shaking his head. Man, the beautiful grass, gardens, and
1: trees, and all that kind of stuff. No, we don't want that in Chicago. Just put put another building in a park. has been writing articles a long time. <laughs> head over to the Chicago Reader Archive. Read that column he did on the Great Depression. Boy, <laughs> it, was, it was good. <laughs> good I was stuff. at the bread. You know who was hanging out with me in the bread lines then? Who's that? Monroe Anderson. I knew it. I knew
3: it. All right. More yeah. of your awesome. And, and, and uh, as far as um, Lincoln Parkways yeah. is concerned or whatever, Riverways or whatever the name is, I've suggested that um, they, they put a park in there and name it after Ed Euler.
2: Oh, Ed Euler. Yeah. yeah. That, you mean Lincoln Yards? Uh, Lincoln Yards. Lincoln, Lincoln Yards. Yard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that would be yeah. radical. Yeah, right. Instead of spending money to build like enormous skyscrapers, build a park. Whoa. Yeah,
3: by, Named after the architect who designed Millennium.
2: Park. Yeah. Wow. That's good. You, did you, you probably were friends with Ed Euler. Yeah. All right, I figured as much. Neighbor. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's do a few more of these suggestions. We'll take a break and talk with Monroe here. All right. And Monroe, please feel free to weigh in where you think the Obama Center should go. Think oh, yeah. That's that. what we're Let talking about.
2: Where should the Obama Center go, as opposed? But wait, time out. Do you yeah. want it to go in Jackson Park?
3: I, yeah, yep. I do. But I'd rather go on the old um, hospital site.
2: Oh, Michael Reese—that's what we're Reese. talking about. Yeah, that, oh, that would only make the most sense. Right, exactly. It's land already owned by the city of Chicago. It's undeveloped. There's nothing there.
3: It's, 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 it's they have to do some um, ERA stuff. Um, uh,
2: they yeah they, they, take, the they yeah they have toxic, to take yeah toxic take out the out. toxins and stuff yeah. like that yeah
1: yeah our good friend Doris Davenport weighed in Double. host of the Doris Davenport show Doris Davenport says the Obama Center should go on the west side here, because here. it could spur economic development
2: a perfect tweet from Doris uh, I'm with Doris one hundred percent I Doris I want you to know speaking of the many columns I've written over the years I lost that fight about I want to say what was it. Uh, Five years ago, whenever this issue was uh, first being raised, about 2014, 2015, I advocated for the West Side site. There was a West Side site. Uh, I think I could... Roosevelt and Costner were a huge vacant land that had been a dumping site where the city of Chicago and the feds were looking out of the way while they were dumping huge mounds of garbage in yeah, a residential right. area. Yeah,
3: right. So it, that shows what you think about our president. <laughs>
2: See, that's, that's, there you go. That's the guy's from Gary, but he's got that Chicago attitude. Doris with a- oh, you only honor an ex president by taking away valuable parkland, of which we have a limited amount, to put his building there.
3: That's how you honor a president. Well, it's also a parkland around that building. And realistically, okay, Mm -hmm. quickly, realistically on this, you got to have a place where tourists will go
2: Literally. Okay. Oh, okay. See now, nah, West Side. And, 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 That's exactly. Monroe Anderson dissing exactly. the West Side. Yeah. We got Ricky Hendon coming yeah. in okay. here in a little while. Yeah. Okay. Who's from the West yeah, Side? I want oh, to see yeah, if right. you tell I Ricky Hendon yeah. that.
3: Because I'm, I'm I'm Southeast Side, Gary.
2: <laughs> yes, you're Southeast. <laughs> Let's put. Hey, here we go. Let's put it in Gary. Why not? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. as, uh, Barack Obama, by the way, got his start as a community organizer in the city of Chicago. Yes. He would not have been. Uh, he. I don't think he would believe it would be an insult to his legacy to put the Obama Center uh, on the west side of Chicago. Just so say He was
3: a community leader in Roseland, not yeah. uh, the west side.
2: Alright, I'll cut a deal with you. I'll put it in Roseland. There we go. We just cut a deal.
1: <laughs> nice. Cut deals yeah, yeah. on the Ben Jorowski show. <laughs> Doris, the last uh, suggestion she gave, excellent suggestion. Gave an equally logical reason for it as well. The next person who left a suggestion could really learn a thing or two from Doris Davenport. At Fokker RN 529. <laughs> Whoa. <what>? At Fokker RN 529. <laughs> that just rolls off your uh, tongue. Yeah, I, I know. The, the suggestion for the Obama Center, where should it go? Uh, this person put Hillary's <laughs> Hillary's butt. Okay. Our next suggestion comes from John. John says Washington Park site would have had direct green line access and probably no need to chop up existing streets. Where, where did he say? Washington Park. Oh, see, I got my, no, I got my issues. Washington Park.
2: Too. In fact, Ricky will be with me a hundred percent. Ricky was one of the only guys in the city of Chicago, Monroe, who agreed with me that it was lunacy to put the Olympic Stadium in Washington Park because Washington Park was widely used to park in the south side of Chicago for things like softball. Uh, foot tag football, yeah. tennis, you know, kite flying, walking and looking at the birds, that yeah. kind of thing. People using a park, and uh, the city of Chicago was going to put a big
3: stadium in there yeah, for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I disagree with that, too. Uh, yeah, so I don't but know. See, I, I like the site they've chosen, except I think it's, they need to figure out the traffic. What, what is that, Cornell Street? They're going to
2: they're close down uh, Cornell Street, the street that goes that cuts through right. the park right now. Exactly, um,
3: and that's criminal. They, they need to either have a drive over or an under, something you know under, what? which it's, is more expensive. Expen-
2: but yeah, but you... I cut the deal with you. Rosalind. Rosalind. Okay. Put it in Rosalind, far se- close to Gary, so when you're driving to visit your family,
3: you can stop. <laughs> hey, and... Um, the, and, 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 and the routine shootings that occur over stop there.
2: Stop it, stop it, stop it. The
3: tourists go, oh, let's go have a West World adventure. <laughs>
2: the tourists will go to Roseland, build it, and they will come. And by the way, I, it's why is it It's no. supposed to be a tourist site? I thought it was supposed to be a place for like... Scholars who are looking to research. Isn't that what a a library? No, oh, it's no, not even I mean, a real
3: library. Well, it doesn't have books.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's more like a community center. Uh, uh,
1: I see. Okay. <laughs> and there well,
2: you are. The, Roseland could use a community center.
1: All right. Just dude. like that, you're now in the know of what's going on locally. And now you will have an answer the next time someone asks you, hey, what else is news? All right. Let me tell you something, young man. Okay. Tell me
2: something that Kyle, the millennial.
1: Oh, hey, Kyle. What's up,
2: dude? A dose Ekase 52.
1: <laughs> and bong hits for Birdie. Remember? <laughs> Bong Hits, what's up? Do you still listen to the show? He used to listen to our old show. This is for you, Bong Hits. (sighs) <sighs> oh, Remember, bong. but we may have lost bong hits somewhere.
2: You know, for, with all those bong hits, he doesn't learn how to download, listen to a podcast. Now, now you're
1: putting marijuana in a negative light, Ben <laughs> okay. Jarofsky. Bong hits for
2: Bernie. Anyway, they all agree you did a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. We got the pride and joy, of Gary Indiana, sitting right here in the studio, Monroe Anderson. will bring him on when we return. Whether you're conservative or moderate or progressive,
4: I don't think the American people
2: are proud. Uh, that we have a president who is a pathological liar.
5: Today's
1: Ben Jaromsky Show was brought to you in part by Chicago Architecture Center. See the city from a whole new angle on a Chicago Architecture Center tour. With more than 85 tours to choose from, there are endless stories to discover. Book your tour at architecture.org slash tours. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm on a tour. Oh, my, what magnificent architecture. Did you know that
2: 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public chicagoland cremation options provides an affordable ethical and easy cremation arrangement whether in person or online save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to chicagoland cremation options it's a family-owned business operated by my good friend douglas Klein. here's how you reach them chicagoland cremation options.com one more time chicagoland cremation options.com It's
1: Chicagoland's Adult
2: Entertainment Playground.
1: It's the world-famous Admiral Theater. 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore, and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater. Open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit admiralx.com Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Commercial we'll break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show.
2: Yes, indeed. We're uh, back in the studio. Monroe Anderson here. And every day, uh, every Wednesday, Monroe comes on. Midweeks with Monroe. Monroe midweeks. It used to be called Monroe Monday. And uh, nice Monroe midweek midweek okay I like Monroe Monday so it's rolled off the tongue now yeah, well, that's in the past buddy. yeah that's the past because we're not on on Mondays and uh, well, so well, we could we could call it that and then explain later yes we, we could put Monroe Monday with an asterisk yeah. but anyway every the day of whatever day it is Wednesday that when Monroe, Monroe comes on he posts on Facebook and Monroe's Facebook page is really one of the most entertaining things in the world because Monroe as everybody knows those listen to the show is not afraid, how do I put this, to tell it like it is when it comes to Donald John Trump. And he has many Facebook friends who are of the Republican persuasion. And in the old show, they used to call in... <laughs> Then they got chicken. You you smacked them around right. so much, they stopped calling.
3: Right. Right. Well, they got scared. Yeah. Hey,
2: Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell, I'm scared.
3: But J- James N is, hangs in there on my Facebook wall. Oh,
2: yeah, James M always loves uh, Donald Trump. But here we go. Here's the lead from today's uh, Monroe uh, Facebook post. Our liar-in-chief is going nuttier. <laughs> Can you imagine Trump asking his internal pollsters to lie about the latest poll results? Do you believe that his undocumented agreement with Mexico- Border patrol is real. Do you think, as I do, that the Democrats are being re, uh, are to be relentlessly pursuing the three I's: impeach, indict, imprison? Ben and I'll discuss this and other things. Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh, great post. Our liar in chief is going nuttier. Do you think that's accurate? Do that you think he's actually nuttier than he was, let's say, last week?
3: Yes, because Biden is, is got is living inside his head now, and he and he's driving him nuttier because Biden is going mano a mano with him. and he, he knows how to trigger Trump. Nancy knows how to trigger Trump. Uh most of these other people what they do the other candidates what they do is they respond to him directly. And he's very good. That's like playing the dozens, you know. Yeah. And he, and, and he's good at that. So but but what what um Biden does is he very calmly talks about how Trump is crazy, <laughs> basically. And he does it in such a way that just really upsets Trump. What they did the other day, for mm-hmm. example, um, Trump was ha- having this, 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 this I mean, Biden was having this speech in Iowa while Trump was going to be there. Mm-hmm. They released Biden's speech but he was gonna talk about, how he was gonna badmouth Trump mm-hmm. in the morning. And so Trump had eight hours to stew over what B- Biden was gonna say about him. And he couldn't, you know, any, any, any logical, sane man would have let it alone. Instead, he starts attacking Biden ahead of time. And so he sounds like a madman. He's talking about, about things that Biden will be saying. And now, and he's also another thing he's doing. He's attacking Biden for being an old man. Yeah, there's a three year difference yeah. in their ages.
2: That is an interesting thing. He is hammering as being an old man. Donald Trump is what is he? Uh, He'll be he, seventy
3: three in a few days.
2: Wow, and and Biden is seventy six. Yes. Uh, yeah, and he's kind of all right
3: now. And what, and what I would like to do mm-hmm. is have Biden challenge Trump to a three block <laughs> speed walk. Speedwalk.
2: Let's speed let's walk. keep it low, okay. Exactly. Let's not make it too daunting. Exactly. A speed
3: right. walk, right? Exactly. And see who wins. Yeah. Trump couldn't even finish three blocks.
2: Uh, by the way, today while walking to the studio today, I don't know if you ever get it. Somebody passed me a while. I was on the phone. I think I was talking to you. Yeah. And uh, I'm walking down the street talking on the phone. Someone passed me, and it got it got me going. Just make me th- you, you, you pass me. So then I started walking really fast to yeah. keep up. And then I got the feeling, this person probably thinks I'm really weird. Well, I mean, I can understand why. But <laughs> you say like, probably, but like, no, he didn't think you were weird. Oh, that
3: must be Ben.
2: I start walking. I get right up. Was it a man or a woman? I can't remember. Anyway, I'm on a tangent there. All right. Now, when you say that Biden's behavior gets under Trump's skin, yeah. let's break this down. Do you think it's Biden's behavior, or do you think it's the fact that Biden is the front runner? In other words, do you uh, think uh, that it is?
3: It's, no, it is because Biden's the front runner because Biden can appeal to those um, white men, unemployed white men, and um, that Trump pulled over from the Democrats. Biden knows how to talk their language, and in fact, he is much closer to being one of them than Trump ever w- dreamed. When
2: you happen. say talk your language, what do you mean?
3: Have let's have a drink. Let's just talk about stuff. I mean, he, he you know he talks he talks about working class values, mm-hmm. and he authentically talks about them, whereas Trump is like um, BSM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I have you, a hard. If you listen to Biden talk, you know you know and, and, and you've know been fighting off Biden detractors. So I know for some time now. And Biden has his problems, yeah. that's for sure. But he is the greatest threat to Trump, and Trump knows it. And so when Biden aims his guns at Trump, it just like. Ugh.
2: Well, the, the reality is, I'm all over the map when it comes to Joe Biden because, um, how do I put this? There's a part of me, the old baby boomer, uh, I'm influenced by the same events that have influenced. Bill Clinton yeah. uh, and uh, David Axelrod and Rahm Emanuel and the worldview that all these baby bo- and Hillary Clinton, yeah. uh, all these baby boomers have is of the 1972 presidential campaign of George McGovern, where the Democrats allowed themselves to fall in line behind a person who was on the left, yeah. politically speaking. Right. They got destroyed in The next really did get an electoral college uh, landslide for Richard Milhouse Nixon. Right. And um, for 10 trivia points, do you know the only two entities that voted for uh, (laughs) Uh, McGovern in that election?
3: uh, D.C. Yes, of course, D.C. And uh, was it... Vermont, no place like that. Massachusetts,
2: anyway. Yeah, okay. It was New England. Okay, so uh, anyway, so and so their attitude is they will never go left again, and they will always go to the center or go to the right, whatever is necessary uh, to avoid that kind of embarrassment.
3: Yeah, that that, that was Clinton's triangulation.
2: That's Clinton's. Clinton laid it down, on Axelrod and Emmanuel follow it. Now, um, the notion is is that everybody, like you or me or Leah, or Dennis, uh, who's of the Democratic persuasion, will have no choice but to go along because the alternative will be so bad. The alternative is Donald Trump. So all the lefty dems in the end will shut up and vote for the centrist that is the typical democratic strategy and i have a hard time i struggle with this monroe you understand same here yeah because we're both baby boomers we grew up with the same reality all
3: right but i but actually i mean i like it that biden is driving trump nuts but um I I I'm hoping that we'll get somebody younger as as <laughs> as our front runner.
2: Well, it's uh, uh I don't know who I can't see anybody is, well, who Kamala Harris? I mean, who is significantly uh, you know, younger than Joe Biden that would be in your opinion uh, a, like a a flag bearer for the uh the leftist or progressive factions of the Democratic Party? Um can't think of anybody right now. Bernie Sanders is even older than Biden. Yeah, Trump. Boy,
3: Elizabeth Warren, Warren's a few years younger. Yeah, I'm, about I'm, five years younger. Yeah. So by Trump standards, she's younger than Trump. So by Trump standards, she's
2: okay, a, she's, she's a, a babe supreme. in the woods. Can, okay. Yeah, right. uh, so I don't know. Young people, young people running for president right now.
3: B- Buda Judge is the youngest, but he is. Um, He's, he's he's sort of middle road.
2: He, I would take sorta of out of that sentence, and I I am convinced that uh, Buttigieg will not be able to win a Democratic primary. His relations with black voters in South Bend, Indiana, is very problematic, yeah, I and I do not see how he can get through the the southern states where a black people are what. of the Democratic Party or 50%.
3: Kamala and and Booker will have him for lunch.
2: Yeah. I think Joe Biden will. Yeah. What's your sense about that? What's your sense of the black vote of Joe Biden?
3: Biden has the highest percentage of the black vote of anybody right now. But that's because of his Obama connection. You know, he's... Obama's best bud.
2: Yeah, he was his uh, wingman for all those years. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, So, so do you think that 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 Joe Biden has generally, uh, uh, genuinely gotten into Donald Trump's head, or do you think it's just like I said, a strategic thing where Donald Trump's just going after the front runner?
3: No, he's he's in he's he's in Trump's head. They, they, um, Trump, Trump is an actor, as we know, Mm -hmm. A, a bad actor, but an actor. And besides pretending that he's not concerned about the polling and the fact that there are five, four or five Democrats who are beating him, he's losing in Texas, for an example.
2: Talk about that. I, I, I've, I've, you've said that to me. I've not seen the actual poll. Yeah. What, was it, what poll are you citing?
3: Um, um, uh, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
3: the Omnipiac poll. It just, just came out yesterday
2: and it was uh, was it Donald Trump against Biden alone or was No Do- it
3: was it was Donald Trump they they they, they polled in 17 states. Mm. And Biden overall was 13 points ahead
2: of Trump in Trump all the states if yeah, you add it all together. The states.
3: But in every state Biden of the 17 Biden beat Trump by a significant amount and um the several of the other democrats beat him too warren i mean you just go down the top the top ones and they were beating him by lesser amounts but they were beating him as well now those of us who are still um recoiling from yeah. what happened in 2016 we have the jitters there we go you can't trust the polls yes. because they're are these um trump people who are ashamed to, to admit that they're going to vote for trump but when the time comes they will
2: yes yeah that's a, that's another prevailing uh, view of democrats right. do you right. buy that
3: uh yeah but um not as much as as you know the thing is lightning struck in 2016 and so now, uh, whenever it rains, the Democrats worry about getting struck by lightning. But mm-hmm. well, there's no thunder and lightning. It's just wet. Yeah. You know, but they go, oh, we got hit once. <laughs> so we might get struck by lightning again. He's, he's not going to win.
2: Well, Monroe, I believe that this current generation of Democrats is experiencing uh, in the aftermath of 2016, uh, an equivalent of what I just described that the baby boomers experienced in 1972, their worst nightmare occurred. Now in 1972, it wasn't that Richard Nixon was, this is going to sound weird coming from me, was as outrageous as Donald Trump in terms of. Where he is on the political All right, spectrum.
3: Nixon was a flaming liberal,
2: liberal compared to Donald yeah. Trump. But it was this, just the the decisiveness of Nixon's triumph. Again, right. he took every state except for Massachusetts, right. he and uh, the District Columbia, which is not even a state. Right. So uh, it was a, just a huge mandate uh, for Richard Nixon, a decisive smackdown of George McGovern and the liberals. So that is what I, th- you know, as I said, influenced the Clintons in the last election. Donald Trump won, even though he wasn't supposed to win by the polls, and he's such a goof. Yeah, and and he's just—I
3: don't he think he won. No, see, this is the thing: is we we're too focused on that. He won by eighty-eight thousand votes mm-hmm. in three states out of more than one hundred and twenty-five million votes cast. When you do the math on that, it, he, won, he, he won the presidency by .001, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was because blacks didn't come out to vote, or, or the vote was suppressed in those states.
2: And you're talking about the states of Wisconsin, yeah. Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Exactly.
3: Because if, if, the, if, if blacks had come out to vote in the same numbers they did for Obama, uh, we wouldn't be talking about Trump at all.
4: Well,
2: we, yeah, it's probably still be a minor presence on the political. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. So do you think uh, that 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 trend can be reversed in uh, this next election with somebody as centrist as Joe Biden running? Yeah, so the- far,
3: Biden is, is, is polling higher than anybody else among blacks. And the thing is, uh, Trump has blacks as anxious to vote against him as he does white women suburban white women
2: has that been revealed in the polls as well
3: uh yeah yeah well maybe not quite as much as white women
2: so it really doesn't matter who the democrats put up
3: right No, the democrats no that's this is this is what i believe Mm -hmm. is that we want to get rid of trump so badly that it doesn't matter who who, who's running Um, among the candidates they have but uh, but um sticking with my triple i's yes impeach indict imprison <laughs>
2: the three i's yeah. i wrote them uh, down okay the so, three i's impeach indict imprison yeah
3: they this is what we need to be doing this needs to be our mantra
2: All right, now, um, we're gonna take a break, we come back. I'm gonna ask you what I call the Laura Washington question. I already told you about this. Our mutual friend, Laura Washington, who's a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, wrote a column, I'm quoting it off the top of my head here, so I'm paraphrasing as best I can remember. Impeachment frightens me, it scares me. And she wants Trump to lose, uh, as most people in the city of Chicago do. She's afraid of impeachment. So we have Monroe saying, impeach, indict, imprison, And we have uh, mainstream centrist Democrats like our good friend Laura Washington saying, Don't impeach. We come back, we'll talk all about that with
1: Monroe Anderson. The Bendrovsky Show is supported by the Northwestern Summer Writers Conference. Now in its 15th year, the three day conference held in Chicago features a diverse array of workshops, speakers, discussions, and readings. Learn more at sps.northwestern.edu/slash writers. Hey! Playing now at
2: Steppenwolf Theater, the world premiere of Ms. Black for President. It's inspired by the true, that's true as in it, it really happened, T-R-U-E story of Joan Det Black, America's first drag queen presidential candidate. You know who created it, D? No. It was created by Tony nominee Tina Landau. Oh. And you know who else created it? No. Oscar winner Terrell Alvin McCraney. You know him. Moonlight. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. For tickets, visit Steppenwolf.org. That's Steppenwolf, like the rock group from the 60s. Think
1: tight, millennials.
0: Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta, playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at Soleil.com. Volta thanks their partners, Hennessy Black and Champagne, Nicolas Fayette.
2: Hey everybody, what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U E L P I A N I S T dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel.
1: Take a chill pill, man. All right. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, June 12th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we would like to thank the following unions once again for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jarofsky show. First up, it's the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 in District 8, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and helping bring back the Ben Jaroski Show. And of course, today's program is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Hour number two, let's go. It is Wednesday, June 12th, and live from the Chicago Suntime, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jaroski Show. In this hour of the program, we still got Monroe Anderson in studio and its former state senator and host of the Ricky Hendon show, Ricky Hendon. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Yes, indeed. Ricky Hendon's on
2: his way. Monroe Anderson's in the studio. We're talking Trump, 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 and Trump. Got a question about impeachment all lined up before we get to that D. D. What do you got for me, young
1: man? few things here. First up, let's read just a few more of our of your suggestions here. A lot of people weighed in on social media, and I have a feeling these people are waiting to uh, hear their suggestions. So let's read more of your suggestions here for the Obama Center. Once again, it's official. The Obama Center is going to Jackson Park, all right? The lawsuit's got thrown out. Unless someone else comes in and tries to uh, intercept that, looks like it's going to Jackson Park. But we went to both Facebook and Twitter pages to ask you if you could pick anywhere in this giant city of ours, where would you put the Obama Center? Uh, so far, uh, what was the, the most popular response that people are saying? Michael then? Reese Hospital. Michael Reese Hospital. Roughly 35th and, uh, or 31st Street and the like. Okay, James weighs in. This is on Facebook here. Head over to Facebook at Show and leave your suggestion as well. James says, Garfield Boulevard and King Drive. Vacant land there except for a gas station. The neighborhood has potential but needs a boost. It's near the UFC and across the street from, but not in Indiana, Washington Park. But best of all, it's next to an L-stop. If they want people to visit this thing, it has to be by an
2: L-stop. Well, that makes sense. So, in other words, it's in the same general area. It would benefit the South Side. Uh, but the land is vacant, so, and it's not parkland. That makes sense, but this being
1: Chicago, mm-mm,
2: We're not going to do things that make sense.
1: That <laughs> yeah, makes too much sense. What are we talking about? That's a good idea. Kathy weighs in, says the Thompson Center. They're going to raise it anyway. I'm sure Big Jim wouldn't mind. Wow, no, there. I hadn't thought of that. It's not enough land. It's not enough
2: land? No, it's not enough land. Well, the, well if make it a skyscraper. <laughs> right. By the way, did you see what it looks like on the front page of the Sun-Times? There it is. What is it? Well, how would you describe
1: this? What's that? Oh, God. Oh. The Thompson Center? Looks Star, like a, no, that's not the time, That's the, Star, oh, the yeah, Obama Star, Center.
3: Star wars It looks wars, like yeah. a
1: Glade plug-in, and it looks like uh, something out of it, Beetlejuice. It yeah.
3: looks like something from Tattoon or something.
1: Yeah. Else, like that in Star Wars. Uh-huh. How, about, how about Vince Carter? He went in. No, not the basketball player, Vince no,
2: Carter. but v- probably Vince Carter, the coach. My old friend Vince Carter, VC, mm-hmm. proud of Joy of Von Steuben High School. What he do you have to say?
1: He says, no concern about the South Side before. Now everyone's an expert. I'm glad <laughs> the judge threw out this useless lawsuit. <laughs> oh, Vince Carter. Carter weighs in. Judge B- Judge Vince Carter, uh, Coach Carter weighs in. And what we'll do, one more from Marguerite. We'll try to read more of these throughout today's show. Marguerite says, "Why do we need presidential libraries in the first place? Can't papers and the like be part of one? Uh, be part of one library like the Smithsonian? In an era of catastrophic climate change, the first question has to be what will have the best result environmentally. In this case, using existing resources or least impact. So aside from." getting giving Obama's their due and respect to their legacy, uh, answer would have to be on existing space near transit, most green and efficient design.
2: Uh, I agree with everything she said at the end of that. Uh, and... Uh, as I understand it, most of the collection is going to be digitized, yes. as, so it's not even going to be paper right. itself.
3: And, but I, I have the perfect location. I just thought about it. What's that? Lincoln Yards. Yeah, I go ahead. Put yeah. it on <laughs> the Wipe out the kill, <laughs> kill the high rises, all that right other stuff. Put the Obama wow. Library on the Chicago River in Lincoln Yards.
2: Man, just like Got this man a mayor few people right now. Put
3: Lincoln Yards on their
1: suggestions as well. Head over to the Ben Drosky Show Facebook or Twitter pages if you haven't heard suggestion maybe uh that one that you would like you know head over to the facebook page at benny j show twitter page at benny j show uh we'll be reading your we'll read your suggestions throughout the week if they keep coming now i gotta ask monroe uh anderson about this you as well ben uh 2020 presidential candidate update yesterday while in iowa president or not president vice president joe biden well he made a a bold promise
4: you know uh, a lot of you understand that uh what loss is and when loss occurs, you know uh, that you know people come up to you and tell you, "I understand if you lose a, a husband, a wife, a son, a daughter, a family member," and uh, um, and lots of times you feel like saying, "You know, they say I know how you feel." And if they hadn't, you look at them, you, you know they mean well, but you say you have no idea how I feel. But when it happens to you, you know. That's why I've uh, worked so hard in my career to make sure that. Uh, I promise you uh, if I'm elected president you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. Uh,
1: <laughs> you think I'm Cure cancer. Cure
2: cancer. Wow. What you think of that, Monroe?
3: I think that wanting to cure cancer is a noble pursuit versus someone who's trying to Prevent cancer, for, for, prevent people who have cancer from getting cured. Yeah. As in the current president. Yeah. He's been killing Obamacare. Yeah. Strangling Obamacare. Absolutely. Care I hadn't thought
4: year. of that one.
2: Uh, I, I, I got to say the notion of dedicating yourself to a goal that would help so many people. I, I like that. I like that idea. just something like going way, way back. And I don't think there's anybody in this building old enough to remember this, except for maybe Monroe Anderson, John Kennedy, when he came in, in the night in 1961, said, put a man on the moon. Right. And then eight years later, there was a man on the moon. Right. And, uh, and so the notion of to find a cure for cancer, uh, is a great goal, yes. And it would. Who better than the government to put all the resources together, sort of under one roof, and just focus the best minds it, of America exactly.
3: on it? Exactly, and we're close enough. I mean, the thing is, cancer is not one thing; it's it's a bunch of different diseases mm-hmm. um, hitting a bunch of different parts of the body. But um, we're close enough with modern technology where it's not uh, folly to say you like to do that. Um, With 5G, Verizon, I think it is, has this commercial, and with 5G, um, they can look at at the cancer um, through technology and get very specific to where it is and and, um, cut it out instead of just taking out big lumps of things. Mm -hmm. they can do it a lot quicker and, and then there's also they have um various um elements scientific elements where they find the cancer and they shoot it mm-hmm. shoot something in the body that goes to that part of the body and kills the cancer
2: well i think uh i i want to I think you're, you're probably right that we're closer uh, to at least limiting the different kinds of camp, or cancers right. uh, than we probably realize. But I also think that what uh, Joe Biden is doing is he's re- again, it's a contrast to Trump. He's thinking of a goal that absolutely everyone, even a Republicans. Right could get united behind you know what i'm saying Um, donald uh, trump is
3: almost everybody has someone who's been touched by cancer they either know them or their family members or they are they they have it themselves yeah
2: so he's looking for some goal some project some commitment that everybody could get behind that nobody could conceivably possibly oppose although i guarantee you Oh, there
3: will be no s- oh, we- no uh this step stephanie trussell this this right wing black woman mm-hmm. who has her own radio show on wls i was on there last weekend i think or weekend before anyway on facebook she sort of scoffed at it you know it's like ha 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 he's um biden is said he can he's going to cure cancer you know like it's a joke but that w- when when kennedy talked about going to the moon people didn't take that seriously yeah. at the time
2: well it's it is a um it's interesting to mock the notion of curing cancer now did you do you notice how he said it? i don't know if you were listening to his the way uh, when i was listening to joe biden there i was listen thinking about what you just said he has a way of appealing to people right uh and i was listening to, he also is very, how do I put it, in contrast to Trump, he's very deliberate. Right. And this is what Trump makes fun of him. He calls him Sleepy Joe. Yeah. He's tired. Right. He doesn't speak with great. It's almost as though like Joe Biden is always trying to convince you that he's speaking uh, impromptu from his heart. Yeah. And so that gets him to slow down and uh,
3: well, you know, you know, yeah, measure. Yeah. Now I had this because I saw Kellyanne on TV this morning mm-hmm.
2: lying. Kellyanne Conway.
3: Yeah, t- Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. She was lying. And and I was telling Joyce that the uh, Kellyanne Conway is Trump's rapid-fire liar, whereas Sandra uh, Saunders, uh, uh, God, what's her first name? It's press secretary. Sarah. Sarah Saunders is his slow-mo liar, and Trump is a liar <laughs> at all speeds.
2: <laughs> uh, and uh, so, but... But uh, Joe Biden is a, g- a great contrast because he's got that deliberate style.
3: Yeah, yeah right. Now, that's what I'm telling you yeah. about with styles. Yeah. 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 And, and, and for the most part, he, it's, 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 he tells the truth. Joe Biden. Joe, Joe Biden tells the truth. Now, now it's an occupational hazard. For politicians yeah. always tell the truth, so they 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 have to.
2: Well, I think Joe Biden is what the type of politician that can like uh, shade the truth or yeah. shave off exactly. the truth, or exactly. just exactly. Uh, he's. Dennis and I used to talk about this all the time. We would listen to responses that politicians would make to direct questions, yeah. and and watch how they kind of just avoid the question. Oh, it's or,
3: called it's called bridging
2: bridging yeah. yeah
3: right where you 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 sort of answer the question but then you move on and talk about what you want yeah. to talk
1: and about. uh well and i was just gonna say it seemed like that statement was a good statement but that was like it should have been like the beginning it should have been i'm gonna cure cancer which is why i have like a national health care plan you know what i mean how are you gonna pay for it you yeah know, well it just seems, i'm gonna cure cancer yeah, but, bye yeah
3: well, we're 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 Trump has has jumped the deficit up to so many trillion dollars now. I mean, it's it's a record yeah. amount of debt.
2: By the way, did he say he did not say, "quote I'm going to cure cancer," right? Let's play that play that back just play to make one sure. more time, I think he did yeah.
3: say he was going to cure cancer. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think he did. He, he actually said, "I, Joe Biden, I'm going to cure cancer." Like I said, which is a good setup, but you know how, and uh, you know it seems like that'd be a good way to talk about a health plan you
4: know uh, a lot of you understand that uh, I feel
1: fast forward when it happens to
4: you you know that's why I've uh, worked so hard in my career to make sure that uh, I promise you uh if I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. Okay.
3: We're uh,
2: going to cure Oh,
3: and, and you know that um, Obama put him in charge of curing cancer before yeah. the last couple of years in in their term but see
2: that's why the pronoun was so important yeah. instead of if Donald Trump would have said i'm going to oh, do yeah, this right. i'm the person who oh, right. and and joe biden is trying to make a different appeal right. he's trying to say we're all in this together yeah, right. so we together well, see,
3: Trump is the cancer.
2: (laughs) The metaphorical (laughs) cancer. No collusion. (laughs) No collusion, indeed. Uh, But, uh, yeah, no, the specifics, Dennis, is absolutely correct. They're nowhere near to be found. And, again, we'll go back to this. I got my whole list here. Boy, cheat sheet of uh, Elizabeth Warren uh, uh, proposals and policies. Again, people in this country, it's not strategically – it's not always considered a good idea for politicians to get detailed with how they're going to pay for things, yeah. what they're going to do but exactly. But it's working
3: for her. It's working. She's moved up in the polls dramatically. Well, we'll see. And it's working because she has this, I, I have a plan for that. No, I, I, And I, I, considering that Trump has no plan for anything except enriching himself and his family and his buds then that's a refreshing idea. All
2: right. Now, uh, before we go to uh, Elizabeth Warren and her plan, uh, let's get to what I call the Laura Washington quote. Laura Washington, our good friend, uh, the columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, said she was afraid of impeachment. She's speaking as a person who wants the Democrats to win. And this ties in... into the notion that if the Democrats push too fast, too hard on impeachment, Monroe Anderson, they'll just uh, play to Donald Trump's uh, hand and that will turn middle America against the Democrats. This is the theory because they will look too political. And so middle America will go to a guy who is way political. Right
3: now, this that's a very silly concept. And and, and a lot of Democrats, you know, nothing against... Our friend Laura, but a lot of Democrats have that fear, and okay, first of all, we should have started the impeachment inquiry a month ago mm. after the Mueller report came out. We should have started it then, but okay we've feet have been dragged, hands have been wrung so but it's time to act because what we do is you put. These witnesses, fact witnesses, not people like John Dean, who's a historical witness, but an actual. You bring in the fact witnesses, and you let them tell the story. And while only three percent of Americans have read the Mueller report, many, many, many more will watch the TV um, investigations about it. And they will learn the facts. You know, when 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 um, Democrats. In Congress, talk about how when they're out on the campaign trail, nobody brings up impeachment. They bring up the bread and butter issues. Mm-hmm. That's because they don't know enough about it to bring it up. If they're seeing it on TV and all the atrocious things Trump has done day in and day out, they will be bringing up
2: impeachment. All right, and then we play devil's at, advocate at, with you.
3: Okay, okay. one, one other yeah. thing, though Lawrence Tribe who is a Harvard law professor mm-hmm. who taught both Obama and Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. He says that the Democrats should impeach Trump, bring it up, the House, and impeach him, and then don't even talk about giving it to the Senate. But let it stand. He says the House is is a, a body in and of its own, a power, and so it can impeach him mm-hmm. as in an indictment. And then let and then let Trump run on the fact that the House impeached him. (laughs) I see how well that serves him. Wow,
2: hadn't even thought of that one. Wow. In other words, by the way, Ricky Hendon has joined us, the great who? Ricky Hendon.
5: Who? Uh, who, who's, who? Who? R- Hollywood. <laughs> Monroe, what's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> I, I know you know damn well you voted for Trump. Eh? <laughs> no, you and Ben voted for Trump. <laughs> Only one I didn't vote for Trump in this studio is me and Dennis and Leah. You know? Okay. Well, then, you, then it it's 2-1-3-2. Tell you, you're not really progressive, man. You know that.
2: Well, I know I'm not progressive because I got fired by the progressive radio. <laughs> So <laughs> how we yeah. He still works. How yeah. we get yeah. exactly. yeah. don't, don't do me. Don't throw
5: me under the bus. <laughs> I mean, so can, I must not be progressive. If, if, if
3: you bring it, you got to be able to
5: take it. Yeah. We uh, still you, listen. Everybody still love you. Uh, I know,
2: you know that. And I love 90% of the people that work there, including Ricky Hendon, uh, uh, who I will now promote his show every Saturday at four o'clock right there. on WCP, you
5: are fired.
2: Uh, that's the call letters. Uh, and, and, uh, You're a big man, Ben. A big man. It's a great show, and I love it. Uh, uh, hey, mentally. do we get to
5: do Jorowski Theater today? I'd like to screw up some of your scripts. You know uh, I mean?
2: Yeah, okay, we're not going to do Ben <sighs> Jorowski Theater. Why am I here? Uh, all right, we, let, let's just get you in on this conversation before we go to break and uh, change uh, the topic here. But the topic we were discussing when you came in, there was a column written in the Sun-Times about a week ago by our, our good friend, Laura Washington. And uh, in that column, she said that she is afraid I'm doing paraphrasing here, Ricky, I don't have the column in front of me, of impeachment as a Democrat. She's afraid of it. She's concerned that an impeachment movement by the Democrats right now would play into Trump's hand and would... Uh, lead to him getting reelected because it would inflame, fire up his supporters and turn off middle America, the part of the voting population that could go Democrat or Republican. Independence, that's what we call them, I suppose. Uh, so uh, what is your general thought when you hear that? Well,
5: uh, two, I have two trains of thought. Monroe will appreciate this. As a former Democratic ward committeeman, I want to run against Trump. I want to run against Trump. I don't give a damn what nobody say, we can beat Donald Trump. Donald Duck could beat Donald Trump. Monroe Anderson could beat. Sure could. (laughs) Beat his ass. I mean, just, you know what I mean? So why impeach the guy and get him out of there, say you're successful, and Mm -hmm. then you gotta run against Pence? Think about Who it. Monroe Anderson could yeah. beat. Yeah. Well, by the way, they I would mean, not I be. I think s- Pence would be tougher than Donald Trump, the I really do. The reason Pence is vice
3: president is because he wasn't going to get reelected governor of Indiana. And Perhaps you're right,
5: but, you know, a prophet is not on it in their own home. He might have lost it in Indiana, but I think Pence is tougher than Trump. I think anybody in the Republican Party would be tougher than Trump because the diehard Democrats actually truly hate this man. I mean, truly hate this man the african-american community cannot stand donald trump uh you know i mean i was just joking about monroe earlier we know you and monroe neither one of you voted for trump lord knows you probably voted for hillary or benny or bernie but <laughs> <laughs> i voted for willie wilson but i'm just saying you i would for rather for run, wilson, oh, that, he did run for president but, president but he wasn't America on the ballot was he yeah, he was on the ballot in Illinois. He was on the, on the ballot in about 12 states. The DNC screwed us like no, but they the, did. Bit you're about talking about in Saturday. the primary. In okay. the primary. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, right, okay, right. right. You yeah. know, you you, you, you got to get to the primary. You got to take him to a uh, date before understand. you can right, right. get him in bed, Yeah, you know, I was like, like, did man. I miss something? Did Willie Wilson make the, the ballot? Got to bring him up to speed. Yeah. No, but as a Democratic commitment, I'd rather run against Trump. Okay? If you impeach him, Laura's right. Monroe's right. You give him a platform. You give him, you fire up the crazy... Uh, uh, white people who just don't understand anything.
3: That's Laura's position, not mine. Mine is oh, okay. in, impeach him. Uh, the House can impeach him. And then don't, uh, this is Lawrence Tribe's um, uh, theory. theory. Yeah. The House can impeach him. And then and you then lose in the don't Senate. Go. You don't take it to the Senate at all. You just leave it there. He's in just let it anxiety. sit there. Yeah, okay, I got it. Run on that. Right, let but let you never you, on, you, you don't him. want him off the ballot. Right. You really don't.
5: No, want you, know, him you off
3: listen. You're
2: that. not going to get him off the ballot. Right. Uh, let's be honest. If he's impeached, he's it, gone. Well, he no. If get. you impeach him, you've essentially indicted him, and then the Senate would have a trial if they go
5: that way. but and there's no way the Senate is going to vote to remove him from office. It all depends. I mean, I mean, remember now. I was on the inside. You know, I helped impeach uh and uh send, you know, Rod Bogovic packing. You were a state And I liked then? Rod.
2: Yeah. I, I forgot
5: that. You were yeah, a state senator. I, yeah. I, I remember and I you were liked state Rod center. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh and there were about 12 counts and on 3 or 4 of the counts, I voted no. Now on the final count to you know, sent him, him out of office, I voted yes. But a couple of things were in there that uh, was wrong. We, one of the uh, charges against him was getting uh, medicine from Canada, and the Democratic caucus had asked him to get medicine yeah. from Canada because it was much cheaper than the medicine we were buying for Illinois uh, residents and from American companies. Uh, so I, I couldn't impeach him on that. I couldn't vote to impeach on that. And about four of us voted no, but all of us voted yes in the end. If Trump continues with this crazy thing with Mexico and it be, it goes blows up in his face, you know, and the Republicans start looking at those poll numbers, and he gets a challenger in the primary that they can get behind, they might impeach him. Either way. Uh, I think he would take advantage of that. Uh, uh, and Monroe's right. If you, send it, you impeach it in the House, it's still got to go to the Senate. It may not go anywhere, but he'd be running with that baggage over uh, around his neck. So I, I like that, too. If I was a congressman, I would vote to impeach. I asked my congressman, Danny K. Davis, the other day what was going to go down. Danny was like, Rick, it ain't going to happen. You know, it's just not going to happen. Nancy, Nancy Pelosi's in the paper today saying... Yeah. Uh, Hella no chance. You know what I'm saying? They're not even close. And I think she's doing it for political reasons. Even the the Mueller report, which I've been very critical of him, may have had a political slant on it. you got the whole damn book. I got book. The, right here. You got the book. Okay. Okay. Here you okay. go. It's like a phone book, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are on the west side, so don't look away. I might swipe that bad boy. So, I'll know. buy you one uh, as a,
2: a sign of appreciation for all the times you come on my show over the years. I will buy you a, your own Mueller report. You heard that right. I did will it? definitely did do you? that. Oh, Absolutely.
5: I, I want an autographed copy, even though you didn't write it. I didn't write it. Because I wouldn't even be on the station that you got fired from if you didn't bring me on there. <laughs> In you the to first bring me place, for
2: it. Uh, and uh, well, uh, going back to the notion uh, that somehow or other you fire up the base and lose the uh, the independence. Uh, Ricky Hendon, this I do not understand. Democrats who say this, it, or it, or in, and Republicans say this as well. You've been in politics for a long time. Mm-hmm. The notion is, no matter how far the Republicans go to the right. Democrats are, are not supposed to counter by moving to the left, by you know uh, accentuating their worldview, the, the, taking sh- uh, stances that would appeal to their base, because that would offend the middle. So my question always is, wh- why is the middle only, in this worldview, Ricky, only offended when Democrats
5: move to the left? But they don't get offended when Republicans move to the right. I disagree with you. I believe that they do get offended. I think that, and I'm a Democrat. Everybody knows that I was Democratic committeeman, Democratic alderman. Well, no, alderman's nonpartisan uh, Democratic state committeeman. Uh, but the Democratic Party has failed its base. Uh, when you have black turnout in Chicago at 15%, mm-hmm. 15%, yeah. that means 85% yeah. of Monroe's cousins stayed home. <laughs> Something you gotta look at that. Yeah. You gotta say, why black people? And remember, Chicago is the epicenter, I believe, of Democratic politics. Yes. And black people voted ninety-five percent for Barack Obama and the turnout was ninety-five percent. Now it's fifteen percent ben. Yeah. With with with, with Lori Lightfoot and uh Tony Preckwick on the ballot for mayor, two black women, history is about to be made, yeah. Turnout of my people was fifteen percent. When I went to vote, they they tried to keep me in there longer. They were like, <laughs> "Stick around, have a seat." Yeah. There's nobody freaking in there. Yeah. When Barack ran, I stood in line three hours easy. Three hours first time. Second time it went down a little bit. I was there two hours. You know. And that, for Hillary, this is day of voting. Was that long a line? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I like voting day of. Yeah, you know what I mean I because like of, you know what I mean. I'm in the business. I yeah. want to see the lines. I want you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I could it do was the same. And listen, no damn body, No body. I could have did somersaults, flips, made some pancakes, chicken and <laughs> eggs, bacon and fries up in that bad boy, and the judges didn't care because nobody was in yeah. there. I had to. So something. I, I sort of, to leave no, but my, you're my, talking my, I, about.
2: I understand exactly what you're so, saying. but to your question, yeah. to
5: your point, I believe Smart Politics says you you solidify your base, but you make sure you move to the middle. The Democrats need to move to the middle, especially when your base isn't voting. They've pissed off
2: black. So wait, pro. should the Democrats move in your humble opinion, move to the middle now or should they solidify their base now they, and they then move They need to move, to the, move the to, the
5: to the middle now and they need to do a serious effort uh, for registration and all of that in the black community the one reason they don't do it is because the higher ups who are running for higher office in the Democratic primary don't want black voters registered they don't want black voters in Chicago rom ran black voters out of Chicago Joe Barrios helped as assessor over taxing black people's houses and then people like Preckwinkle defended Joe Berrios so the black community is just like I'm throwing up here You know, I want to regurgitate. Yeah, you know, so you have to do both. Yeah, see, and I don't completely agree. I
3: think that the problem has been that the Democrats haven't had enough people to excite their voters. Obama did it, and that's why they were in 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 line. Um, Harold Washington did it. I mean, there are when you when you get the black. Voters excited. They They'll come out. Up, they Fine. come out, and so you need to be to what would be considered to the left in the party because whenever you deal with racial issues, then you're really being radical, you know. But right now, there's some discussion of reparations. Now it's not a serious discussion now, but um, this is the first time I can remember where the word even came into play mm-hmm. in, 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 during an election year. Well,
2: you talk well, about going to the center. And I'd love to hear Ricky Hendon's thoughts on this. A Democratic presidential candidate advocating reparations for black people, for slavery. Do you think that would turn off the quote-unquote independent? We're tr- really talking about white voters. It, it would turn Does That on, it centrist turn, white yeah. group, like, oh yeah. my God, why are they even yeah. talking about it, that? It
5: would turn off some, and, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, it's going to sound weird, but it's going to turn off some black folks too. You want to know why it will turn off the black people? Because we don't believe that shit. We don't believe it. We don't. Black people listen, and I'm in. I'm West Side, right? They don't believe it. nothing. The Democrats have to say right now, nothing. And Monroe has a great point, but I just want to point to him that black turnout in Barack's second term went down 20-something percent. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, and, right. And, and, and it's consistent, consistently gone down since because we, our people feel like nobody cares, nobody, black politicians, and you might have Kamala Harris or the other. They just don't care right now. And, and, and Monroe is right. They need somebody that's going to excite them. But more, than, more importantly to that, they need somebody that can believe. And they don't believe nobody right now. I've had people tell me, and I wouldn't lie for nothing in the world, they'll never vote again unless I run. People have said that to me. I get it all the time. For president or for, for anything? anything. Yeah. They're like, if you run for dog catcher, I'll come out. Because <laughs> use mine, yeah. you know what. Yeah. I, mean, I can't use that word on your show. I well, you can use any word. It. It's a podcast, man. Yeah. Yeah. You already but, broke but, one but,
3: rule. But, 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 <laughs> Ricky, Ricky is a power on the West Side. That's for sure. I mean, when I was Sawyer's press secretary, they were, they were, we were had, having discussions on what we should be doing to get Sawyer elected. Uh, uh, well, we, Ricky's name came up. With, well, we got to, what are we going to do about Ricky? We got to have Ricky with
2: us. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't want to go back. I took the two bites of the apple. Yeah,
6: listen, guys. The,
5: the, you know. <laughs> That's the inside joke. That's a black joke. Yeah. the, the two <laughs> <laughs> Catch up the, with it. The um, this, that split Tim that Evans, you were Tim Evans, Sawyer, about, two bites yeah, of the apple. The, the, and we got uh, two bites and stomachache.
2: Yeah. And that, ex- I could go back, the the confusion, dysfunction, uh, split between the black political
5: the factions. The people didn't support Sawyer, so then when, when the second bite came around, the Sawyer people didn't support Evans. Yeah,
2: and it took how many years before a black person got elected mayor of the city years. of Chicago as a result of that? Uh, and also, it was that divide between the and West And they side. didn't
5: get vote elected on the black vote. Lori Lightfoot didn't win any black wards in that first go around. In the first go round, think about it. And uh, I can't season. remember. Was, I mean, in, 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 which, in which the candidate? in the runoff against Preckwinkle, yeah. uh, uh, Leah could have could have beat Preckwinkle. <laughs> you know, all she had to say is no sugar tax. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Me and Dennis would have. You know what I mean? But in the, but I did, I think it's important to point out, Monroe, that yes, we have a black mayor, but she won on the north side. She won all the, the 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 awards on the lake Lake Shore, mm-hmm. Lakefront, lake Uh Some a couple of other black people won up north, but it was an LGBTQ victory, and we need to be very very clear about that as as um. Students of politics. Yeah, but you're talking about the first round. The first round. Because in yeah. the second round, she won everywhere in the yeah. city of Chicago. I, I, like I said, who fired you from the WCPD? <laughs> they could have been. Yeah, they could have. <laughs> With uh, you
3: voting, you, you're being the only uh, voter. Who would I have I voted?
0: <laughs> who would I have voted in that case? Oh, that's not a tough one, Ricky Hendon. That's Ricky Henderson
2: Monroe Anderson, I'm Ben to Take a break. Be right back.
0: Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta, playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at du soleil.com Volta thanks their partners, Hennessy Black and Champagne, Nicolas Fayette.
6: I just saw that Nancy Pelosi, just before our meeting, made a statement that we believe that the President of the United States is engaged in a cover-up. Well, it turns out I'm the most, and I think most of you would agree to this, I'm the most transparent president probably in the history of this country
1: today's ben show is brought to you in part by green element resale it's located at 6241 north broadway in chicago guys and hey guess it's a badass okay furniture appliances lamps books clothes electronics It's a thrift shop, but it's the only thrift shop in Chicago that helps bring you the Ben Jarofsky Show. So if you're ever on Broadway between Granville and Devon, tell them thank you. And go check out Green Element Resale 6241 North Broadway and find more information at GreenElementResale.com. Like I said, go in there, tell them thank you for uh, supporting the Ben Jarofsky Show. Find a few items and uh, who knows, maybe you will save yourself a lot of money. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. We are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ricky
2: Hendon, host of the Ricky Hendon Show on WCP. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: that so That's why I have to always come to this show, man. <laughs>
2: I can say it, Ricky. I can say it.
5: Anyway. Take the it risk so of cold, being man. fired from CPT. I got to do your show.
2: Uh, yes. And uh, and Monroe Anderson uh, is in the studio. We're talking Trump. We're going to talk some local politics as well. Do you got an update before I go back to Ricky? Uh,
1: my update was just a question. Ricky, how's it going, man? Nice seeing you. Uh, we've been asking people all this week oh, yes. on the Facebook well, and Twitter page. Uh, if anywhere in the city, this big giant city, you could put the Obama Center, where would you put it? Ricky Hendon.
5: I would put it in Inglewood, And I would put it in Inglewood because they lead, need a lot more than the Jackson Park area needs. Hear, hear. They'd get a lot less pushback uh, from the residents. Um, that's why I would put it. It, it, it. I fought against it coming to the, to the west side. I fought west siders who were demanding that it come to the west side. I'm like, keep it real. If Barack came from the south side. The library should be on the south side. But it doesn't have to be... Uh, where they
2: chose? Yeah, we were on the opposite side of that one. I completely was with the West Siders, uh, and the remember it wasn't just West Siders. You had to have a university sponsor of some sort. So the South Side was sponsored with the University of uh, Chicago, and the West Side was sponsored by the UIC. Back in my day, we used to call it Circle Campus, and they had a site over at uh, I think it was Costner and Roosevelt Road.
5: I know the site very well. Yeah. It was in my district when I was senator, and there used to be the big dump there, oh, where they dumped all the garbage and everything. <laughs> (laughs)
2: Christopher, yeah. And uh, John Christopher was dumping the the fat. I wanted to go there. The ground
5: is horrible. Up under the, I mean, just, just for your listeners, uh, That's what the, you need to know the, the, yeah. the, the, that, that ground is polluted for 10,000 years unless they dig all the way down the hell and get everything that they dumped over there for 800 years. When I was a senator, the dumpers tried to get me to go along with them. I was like, you must be out your mind. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of garbage, not bring in more yeah. garbage. And they had paid every politician before me, uh, you know, to allow them to dump. Me and Reverend Jesse Jackson, I'll never forget, standing on top of the dump. You know, and I was like, I ain't going to stand on top of this dump too long. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I want to be here yeah. for a while. So that was a bad location. And in black politics, if they ever name something after Ricky Hendon, it should be on the west side. It should be on the west side. I'm west side. If Danny Davis, it should be on the west side. It's just Barack Obama should be on the so, south side. So
3: if they wanted to build the, the Ricky Hendon Center on the the Mercy Hospital site, you would fight it.
2: Not unless I no, get 10%. Michael, 10%, <laughs> <but> <laughs> Reese, Michael I mean, Reese, Michael Reese, Michael Reese, Reese side. Reese. Yeah, I, w-
5: I wouldn't fight it, but I mean, politically, politics says you know West Side, yeah, and no, we've been I fighting agree. this fight. I mean, I'm gonna get it. This is gonna. I'm gonna slide a little bit here. Judge uh, uh, Chief Justice Amber, who I helped get in there, just appointed. A, yes. a white woman in a black west side seat for a judge that was created for black judges from the west side.
2: Tom Dark's and, assistant.
5: Yeah, and we did the sub-circuits because if it was left to the south side, we wouldn't have no judges, black judges on the west side. So you gotta be very real about regional politics, and I'm gonna work very hard against that young lady who got appointed, whether she's qualified or not, because they would have never done that to the Puerto Rican community. They would have never done it in the Mexican community. Can you imagine a mexican uh judge leaving and they put a black in that Mm -hmm. spot they uh, nobody would eat tacos for a month
2: and uh they wouldn't wouldn't allow it so all right uh let's go back i i disagree with you by the way first of all barack obama's not even from chicago he's from hawaii in hawaii yeah there you
6: go okay
5: no you know that'll never fly that'll never fly (laughs) His, his wife is and he cut his bones here in all
2: Chicago. Right, his wife is. So right. they should call it the Michelle uh, Robinson Library. <laughs> get <wrong>. I'd support <laughs> Michelle's anything, anywhere. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. Well, listen, I lost. You won. It, they picked the South Side. I just think it's, of all the sites on the South Side, to put it in a park. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, that was bad. And
5: yeah. one time they were talking about pushing putting it in Washington Park. I'm like, listen, i mean, watching the park is ridiculous. You have uh, four or five hundred black guys out there every Sunday and Saturdays playing softball, picnicking with their families. You know, no place else in America do you have that. And these are gang bangers, ex-gang bangers, every thug you can you can name. No problems. Ain't no vice lord, disciple, ain't no out there you're a ball player. Yeah. And you got guys in different gangs playing on the same team. How are you gonna break that up? Yeah, no, you, know, I, I, well, you and no I see eye to eye in we that, one. that one. killed that one first, and then Jackson Park was okay. Whatever.
2: Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, they were they were talked about Washington Park, and they. I think it was the Obamas, uh, in conjunction with the University of Chicago, said they prefer to put it in a park because somehow or other, it's more prestigious to have a center in a park that's close to to the lake. I just think it's short sighted, Ricky Hendon, to take park land absolutely and put a it building would, it, there. It's
5: go, wherever it is, it's going to be prestigious. Wherever it is, it's going to bring economic development. It. The damn thing should be put in in Inglewood, in uh, where it's needed. And if it was put on the west side, I could think of some places on the west side, 24th Ward, you know, Monroe, 16th Street, places that are devastated for 20, 30, 40 since the riots have yeah. never been right. redone. Right. Where it should go?
2: Yeah, could have yeah. went. Well, uh, the, bombs, the powers the powers that be in this yes, town it, wanted it in a park.
5: My um,
3: thinking on this is that something as prestigious as that. In Chicago, should be near the lake where you can actually see the lake,
2: Michigan. Well, that, oh, see, okay, so that, now we're yes. getting into that that's lake right. thing. Yeah. That's, what that's about like
3: economic a, development,
5: yeah. I think that's much yeah. more important yeah. Yeah. than the except
3: the except the library is not
5: going to do much. You know, But, a but the ancillary build. business is that it would create around the library, it uh, could create around the yeah. library. i What happens will with Ghana. these
3: presidential libraries as they get built? And they're a big deal for a year or two. Okay.
5: Then they then they, they're
3: nothing. I mean, they, you know, they scholars go see them and it, but. Uh,
2: well, then if you want it on the lake, you go further south. There's sites along the lake with oh, yeah, the no, old, the, that, the steel mills. Yeah, 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 I mean, there's a lot of vacant yeah, land. No, that, I say no, put no, in no, in it it a
3: depressed kind of site. That's yeah, all
2: no, I'm saying. I'm with Ricky hundred percent. Yeah. No,
3: the saying. steel mill site, you steel site. Yeah. would have been much better than putting it in Jackson. You got to travel for half an hour to get to it or something like that.
2: Yeah, that's true. I want to get back to something, Ricky, that I was talking about before we went to break and, uh, that is whether the way the games that the Republicans play uh, to try to force Democrats on a defensive. Now, uh, there was a column that I'm going to read to you bits and pieces of this column that was in the Tribune today written by a gentleman who was a conservative, former speechwriter for George Bush. Mm. And he's castigating. He's blasting Joe Biden because Joe Biden uh, flipped on the issue of Medicaid abortion, Medicaid funded abortion. Uh, Biden his whole life had been against uh, having the federal government pay for abortions by poor Poor for poor women, Uh, the Hyde Amendment. We supported the Hyde Amendment. Right, prohibited that, and then under pressure from Democrats, as he's running for president, he flipped and he said, "I would be now against the Hyde Amendment." All right, now if you're hey, if you believe in abortion, you believe in abortion. If you don't have the Hyde Amendment, only it's only abortion for. Well-to-do women. Let's exactly. be honest, Ricky. Uh, this dude, this this gentleman, Mark Thiessen, I think his name is blast him, and he writes, uh, Biden's flip flop will hurt him uh, with the one group he claims he can win back for Democratic voters, Democrats, working class votes, voters who cast their ballots twice for him and President Barack Obama, but switched to Donald Trump in 2016. These once reliable Democratic voters are more socially conservative than the liberal elites. Abortion radicalism doesn't appeal to them. Now, Now, Ricky, my question to you is, it's abortion radicalism, I got that in quotes, when a Democrat says he or she believes in using federal funds, Medicaid funds, so low-income women can get abortion too. But it's not abortion radicalism when a bunch of Republicans in the state of Alabama say that a doctor will go to jail for 99 years (laughs) if he performs an abortion, that a a man can rape a woman and she has to be forced. So, Ricky, why is the is it a radical is, is it abortion extremism when it's something that democrats want but it's not abortion extremism when it's something
5: Republicans republican alabama want it, it it it's all spend doctor stuff you know with 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 um with joe biden uh my only issue with him is is the question of age? Yeah, you've been saying that. It's just a question of age, and I'm I'm one of those who, you know, I left the uh, Senate still young and spry. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you yeah. got to die in office. I've seen yeah. too many of that. I mean, I've seen too many of my friends die in office. I mean, you just leave. You know, you might live longer. You know, because it's a very stressful office. Yeah, and then you got Trump call, running around calling him Sleepy Joe and all this not. Listen. If the man pivoted, uh, changed his his position on uh, abortion on the issue, he just say, "Hey, I grew up. I changed my mind. I changed my position. Yeah. It's okay." But if his spin doctors don't spin it right, that's on them. That's on Biden's people. If I was there, me and Monroe would have told Joe exactly what to say. Now, whether well, he said it or not, because yeah, <laughs> you know we've right. had clients who don't say what we have ta- exactly. You know. Exactly. So that's how
2: do you spend not it? Not how do you may have how, how how do you spend. Well, uh, a, a, Supporting federal. Well, the, no,
3: the problem with it was that yesterday he said he was still in favor of the height. Uh, amendment. Commi- commi- amendment, amendment, yeah. yeah, and then the very next day yeah. he, he says he well, he's a it. Yeah, in I mean, the you, to flip. You, you needed a, you needed a few days in between.
5: Where, by the right. way, you, or yeah. or if you don't have time for the few days, because sometimes you don't. Yeah. You say you know what? I I, I fell asleep last night <laughs> and in a, dream, in a
6: dream. In a dream. right the Lord. In a
5: dream. Me. Came to me in a dream, and, and 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 I woke up and I looked at it. And if you want to appeal to the to the left, uh, to the right, he said I picked up the the word, I picked up the Bible and I uh, turned it it was I just the book just fell open the, and I read and you know what? I was wrong. And times changed, the world has changed, this is where I am now. I, Bam. Move on to something I, else. I, I'm completely I I His don't see why, blew yeah. It, to me. Yeah. They didn't have a Monroe or a Ricky or Ben Jrosko who said, Look, dude. Well, I don't know if I, I put yeah, you to
2: August company, but uh, do you got that tape we played yesterday of Trump? I got to get Ricky and Monroe's response to this. All right. This is a tape of that we played yesterday. And this is the man that the American people decided to elect as their president. Ricky, <laughs> Hendon, okay. In rare
3: form, In well, ra- actually, 25 percent of the American people. That's all the vote he got. All right, if yeah. you include
5: all well, the people who yeah, take the Well, 12% of American people, because there's another half of that number that ain't even registered in a oh, <laughs> right. Valid point. All right, we yeah. reduced yeah. it.
2: Right. Well, even so, even 12%. And then
5: 5% is- based on what the Russians stole, and <laughs> okay. Republicans yeah. still, too, you know. All right, well, let's just put it this
1: way. This is the man who is now the president of the United States. Yeah. He talks immigration, Pelosi, and Biden.
6: Mexico, we're getting along with them great. Marcello and the president and all of them were getting along great. They've started a very strong action. They're moving right now 6,000 soldiers to their southern border. Whoever heard of that? Do you think we had that two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I'll tell you what we had. We had nothing. Now, look, Nancy is a mess. The Democratic Party is a mess. They're doing everything they can to win the election in 2020. Uh, they are guilty of many crimes. Many, many crimes, what they've done. They're guilty of many, many crimes. And hopefully in a short period of time, that'll be seen. They should never have done what they've done. And all they do is waste time on these investigations where there's no obstruction, no collusion, no nothing. And in the meantime, they can't get a border deal done. They can't do anything. Joe Biden is a dummy. Joe Biden thought China was not a competitor. China made $500 billion over a short period of time against Obama, Biden, and for many, many years, in all fairness to them. China is a major competitor, and right now China wants to make a deal very badly. It's me right now that's holding up the deal.
2: All right. For, by the way, the noise in the background is one of his press conferences in front of a plane.
5: Oh, I thought he was yeah. uh, zipping no. up his
6: pants <laughs> up and
5: down. You know, I thought he was. His, you know, while he's standing there and talking, you know, zip, 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 <laughs> zip. zip, zip, zip. I, I ran for real. <laughs> I want to run against this guy, man. Come on, man. Right. I mean, he, he he holds <laughs> all
3: his press conferences.
2: Yeah, he holds his press conferences because then no one
5: can ask a question. Exactly. You know. I, I, all right. Is please. the man insane? I believe that he has a. An issue. I, I think he has an, a, a serious issue. I, do you remember when a couple of congressmen, and maybe a, a US senator, wanted to? Come up with a standardized mental wellness test for presidents, yes. and, and and it didn't go anywhere. Mm. But remember, this person has their uh, their hand on the button. On the button, yeah, he pushes that button. He tells the generals to kill. The generals are gonna kill. He tells those planes to drop bombs. Those planes are gonna drop bombs. Millions of people can lose their lives just because he woke up and and, and didn't and, couldn't have a bowel movement and, this morning. Right, and if things get bad enough, he will do. He that. will do it. He I, will I, do I, I am. Predicting, and I hate to do that because they say they don't speak things in. The, but yeah, you got to be real it about there. it. I think it's going to get worse, and if it, definitely if they go for impeachment, we are going to war, and you cannot control war like you used to could.
2: man another way, wait, 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 wait. When you say when when they say if they go to impeachment, we're going to go to war. You mean the United Donald Trump will wage a war to distract from the exactly.
5: impeachment? Exactly, like flag the dog. Wag the dog. I saw the movie. It was was real. They do it all the time. He will. He will. He will. I mean, just think of it right now. He's attacking Mexico. He always say trade war. The word war. Trade war. Trade war with Mexico. Trade war with Canada. Canada. Yeah, and they're as white as you can get. <laughs> Canada's whiter than you, Benjirovski. Come on, man. It's Canada's America? I mean, you know, Wait, come on. You had a trade war with well, Mexico's America, well, but not yeah. as much as Canada. Yeah, you know no, what, I'm no, saying. what I'm saying? Canada is, no, is, is, is white other than the French. Well, Canada even has that, a basketball that, team. That, that, and about to win the NBA, I hope. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for him. for him, too. North, north, north.
2: <laughs> I'm rooting for him, too. I'm sick of This water. man is
5: crazy, man.
2: Yeah. No,
3: you, he's cr- you, no, no. Okay, no, this is the thing that you have well, you have to pay attention with Trump. He projects all the time. You,
2: you what do you know, mean like by that?
3: Projection. That's that psych, like psych, psychology.
2: No, I know term. what projection yeah. means. But okay, what, so <laughs> what, he,
3: what, what he did early on uh when obama was president yeah but he said well obama's numbers were bad and so obama was going to start a uh-huh. war to save himself that was a that was that was a futuristic projection you know but right. he, because he's talking about with with biden he said biden is beyond his years he's too old yeah he's not, doesn't have, you know, and that's actually where Trump is.
2: Yeah, I mean, the only listen- three years difference, Ricky. Yeah, yeah I think Trump, Trump exactly. looks
5: older than that. Yeah, exactly. And tr- I and, thought Trump and, was
3: older than Trump. And if you listen to Trump's interviews 20 years ago, he was a lot more. Um, he had a, his vocabulary was much greater, and he could string an idea, a sentence with an idea, and get to the end of it. He has trouble doing yeah. that now. Um, yeah, you know, as you know, I predicted that he has early dementia.
2: Yeah, uh,
5: no, he's been saying he he this it's this guy is I, you know I, it's something is wrong there yeah. and and the thing about it a lot of old people you know they want to keep up with the younger generation so now he's tweet tweet
3: tweet tweet yeah. tweet tweet
5: tweet <laughs> tweet 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 <laughs> Four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. You supposed to be sleep, what are you up on? You're up on something. Remember they had the doctor the, the, the doctor uh, for the White House was the Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, Dr. He, he was dropping yeah, more okay, pills, yeah. man, than they're doing on, on Madison in California. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Who, who's up at five o'clock in the morning tweeting?
2: Our, our press. That's, is that's right.
5: over 50.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree no, with stop you. Stop playing. Well, you know, We're I, uh, in trouble, man. Uh, War
5: with Iraq. War with, oh, uh, and this I wait, ran. I gotta get this one. I, I, I ran, yeah. yeah. Kim Joo Hoon is his friend and wrote him this lovely letter, and he's such a wonderful guy. While this guy is poisoning <laughs> yeah. all his cousins, <laughs> yeah. Sh- yeah, you know what I mean, killing folk. and and, and and executing people in front of it, making the relatives watch. Yeah. yeah but this yeah. is. But he's such a nice guy. Well, no, no, Trump, Trump is
3: a narcissist, and he falls for sweet talk every time. And all these foreign leaders have learned that. Yeah. That you just you
2: just flatter him a little bit. He's uh, yeah, a putty exactly. in your hands. Well, yeah,
3: you know, we're about to set up a, a, a military base in Poland now yeah oh, uh, he, he met with the president yeah. all of the day and we're gonna, we're gonna do have that. A and uh, the uh and we're gonna build a a a fort there a, 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 because they the president said well we could name it um fort Trump <laughs> Oh, and that's, that's
2: all he, it took. Exactly. It. By the way, uh, Ricky, sometimes you speak truth about Trump. And it, it, it opens up things that I hadn't even thought about because I've the bar is so low. I've gotten so used to the, the the craziness that comes out of his mouth that sometimes it just doesn't take a moment to pause and really listen to him. So like in that one particular one where he just called Joe Biden a dummy. Yeah. I mean, Fred Sanford used to call his son a dummy. Who calls in the politics today? A
5: president. Know? Yeah, calls him. The president. president of the United States. And then States. here's the crazy part about it ben. the same people that you belittle like he does you got to go try to cut a deal with them the next day yeah. you got to go try to cut a deal with Nancy Pelosi on infrastructure and all this other stuff and you've just insulted the lady and just blast everybody and then you want to think they're gonna come in the room and everything's yeah. hunky dory yeah I mean that was a racial splur, sir yeah you think everything is oh dory I mean you know no it's not uh, I'm is. pissed Kiss and make up <laughs> first, then maybe we could talk. He don't want to even kiss and make up. No. Unless he give it a couple of thousand dollars or maybe.
2: Ricky Hendon, Monroe Anderson, Ben Draskin, take a break. When we come back. I'm going to ask Ricky Hendon a West Side question. We'll be right back.
1: What? Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food
0: Cirque du Soleil's Big Top comes back to Chicago with its latest show, Volta. Venture into a captivating voyage of discovery inspired by the adventurous spirit of freedom where a surge of action sparks a high-voltage journey. Volta, playing May 18th through July 6th under the Big Top at Soldier Field. Tickets at Soleil.com. Volta thanks their partners, Hennessy Black and Champagne, Nicolas Fayette.
1: All right, everybody. Sad news. After five years in Andersonville, Murray and White have made the difficult decision to close their doors. But everything right now in their store is on sale. Notable sale items, Veluspa and Nest Fragrance brand candles are 20% off. They might be, because we've learned something about our host, Ben Jarofsky, <laughs> recently. My lord, this guy loves candles. What is your favorite candle scent again? I keep forgetting. What is it? Cannabis. Cannabis. Can-
2: <laughs> you light a candle to get rid of the cannabis
1: spell, usually. He, he likes he the cannabis
3: d- candle. <laughs> I love Ben Jarowski. Yeah, i Marley. Ricky will be able to hook you up yeah, Rick, Oh, yeah. Ricky's oh, going to yeah. be I, I the— my He announced license, that the
1: brother. last time he was on the show. He's going to have—
3: my him license, bro. Yeah.
1: yeah, he sells the actual cannabis, not candles. Uh, these lines soon, can, I uh, hope. Soon, yeah. soon. These uh, items can rarely be found. So while 20% is the largest uh, you know, discount, it's pretty good. But like I said, go to that Murray and & White and make sure they have candles because Ben Jarowski bought them all, apparently. I got all the cannabis
2: ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there are no <laughs> candles candles. It's not a thing. By the way, my day, Ricky, we call it reefer. All right? Reefer. Yeah, uh, reefer candles. I remember
1: reefer. All rugs are 30% or off. Or weed. Or weed, uh, but the, Murray and White does not sell weed. They sell rugs, <laughs> candles, furniture, mirrors, but not for much longer because after oh, five no. years in Andersonville, Murray and White have made the difficult decision to close their doors. I don't know. Maybe if we sit and talk with them, Ricky can talk with them, maybe they'll open them back up and start selling weed. I don't know. <laughs>
4: <laughs> reefer. <A> reefer. <laughs> Reeper.
1: <laughs> welcome back to the ben jarofsky show mr jarofsky take us home you know that super cool
2: music means we're coming in a super cool show we're not done yet ricky hendon and morrow anderson and the student let me just say something about ricky hendon not only was he a state center not only was he an alderman not only was he a, a committeeman, not only is he a political strategist <laughs> and a talk show host and a reefer salesman, <laughs> maybe, if everything works out for him, but he plays That's a mean so piano. Him. That's Ricky Hendon hey, on the oh, piano, ladies and oh. gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> right.
4: hey,
3: and also, he's a filmmaker. A filmmaker. Yeah.
2: Yes. I,
5: I have a CD out right now. It's on iTunes and uh, Amazon, Spotify and all that. Uh, Ricky Hollywood Hendon. I'm singing. I'm singing. Oh, he's a singer, too. I don't know. His thing he did... Uh, about the kids these darn kids, kids. the, the one on. i have out now is lovers and friends and have some fun oh my god please have some fun wait that that's a comedy or a, no no uh, it's a CD, cds music, music okay so uh, multi-talented uh, what multi-talented can I say? Man,
2: but yeah you can't see because the poster's on it but there's a keyboard underneath that poster so i, <laughs> I can't play that. that is uh all right ricky hendon now listen uh, the Ben Jarofsky Show is uh, a neutral site. We have all the politicians and the Democratic primaries come on our show. Sure. And we're going to get Danny K. Davis on. I know he will come on. I have known Danny for a while. So, Danny, if you're listening, come on the show. We've already had Kena Collins. She's announced that she's going to run. And we've had Anthony Clark. he announced he's going to run. And I know you're a longtime friend and ally of Danny K. Davis going back to the days when he was an alderman from the west side, right. 29th Ward. And uh, so your general thoughts as you see uh, the elder statesmen of the Democratic Party getting
5: challenged by uh, two millennials. Well, it, first of all, the millennials last election got their ass kicked. None of them won for alderman. none of them. And I tried to advise a few of them. They're arrogant, pompous, and stuck on themselves, And they got stuck at the bottom of the ballot. they lost. These people, Clark and I, what have they done? I think that people who want to take out somebody like Danny Davis should have a record of working in the community, of things they accomplished. It's not just enough to say anymore, uh, I, he was a community activist. Really? Barack wasn't even a community activist, truth be told. I tell it like it is. So these people who've done nothing I will never beat Danny K. Davis. Never. Ever. <laughs> okay, <there we> go. <laughs> Danny's done a lot. Now, has he gotten a little older? Yes, little he has. Older. We all have. But, but let's guess what? Yeah. In the House, he just took over a major chairmanship that you want to get your, your congressman to have. Another Anybody issue. take him out going to come in as a rookie, and it will be 10 years before they get in a position of power. Danny K. Davis is on appropriations, <laughs> ways and means. He can get money now. He was able to get some stuff before he made it to there. Now he's chairman and sub-chairman. I want somebody who still has a love for the people, still is progressive and independent, and in a position of power, that's who I want, my congressman. It, that's Danny K. Davis. Uh, if you don't run, I'll run. <laughs> God, I was just about to say, <laughs> well,
2: is, 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 has Danny announced that he's going to run? I,
5: I, I, he hasn't announced as, that, that I know of. I do believe he's going to run because they just got took it over the House. They yeah. just got into power. When you sit there 10 years been in the minority, You know what I mean? And you finally get a hit in the majority?
3: When Danny first went to Congress, he told me, he said, the worst part about being in Congress is you're in meetings from morning noon to night.
2: Is that your Danny Davis imitation? (laughs) That you're kind of sliding toward a Danny it, invitation. It, 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 it was oh. Freudian.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. Monroe started doing and Danny. And you're in the your ma- minority. Had, yeah, Th- right. Those meetings are so much worse when you're in the minority, All which right. means you can't get nothing done. You just sit there and you vote no or you fight against it. Now you're in the majority. They just got a majority, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. No, he ain't going right, nowhere. Ricky,
2: I'm going to flip the switch on you. I'm going to do Ricky Hendon to Ricky Hendon. You just got finished saying that Joe Biden is too old, that the Democrats got to go young for their Democrats. Mm-hmm. I just heard you say it about half an hour yeah, ago. I, listen, mm-hmm. ain't no shame in my game. I'll break it
5: down to you. Yeah. President is an office that they're trying to take. Congress is a sheet seat we already have. There is a big difference in what you're trying to take. It's just like you're trying to get a young woman you can't go with that shirt you got on right now, dog. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you gotta, you know what I mean? Now, if I you already got them. the woman, she don't care whether you got that shirt on or not. Your hairy chest is good enough.
2: But uh, like all I'm saying is, shirt. That, that,
5: it's a nice that, remember I do comedy. I do just I did comedy. <laughs> the 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 seat that Danny has, he has the position he has, he had. We're trying to take president from Trump, and I believe a lot of the millennials, and I. I beat them up. I beat them up in person. Yeah. Those who didn't listen and lost. Uh, the, the the take, I believe some millennials and some of those, uh, like you say, the middle road people and in the independents, they want a younger candidate. And they don't want Hillary yeah. again or the warmed over again. They want some new faces, some new fresh ideas. And I'm all with that. But you don't give away a seat you got.
2: Well, they, I'll tell you what. I think a lot of people in the city of Chicago agree with you. We got Bobby Rush. Uh, from the first congressional district, who probably
5: don't do nothing. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna keep it real, Danny.
2: Come on, man, it's a big difference. And Jan Schakowsky has also both of them have been around for quite a while. From the
5: but the look at what they're still so. doing. That's all I'm saying. You can get old in office, but if you're still alert, if you're still functioning, if you're still getting things done for the community, fine, stay there. I'm talking about the ones who are at sleep at the meetings. Mm-hmm. And Monroe knows he's seen it. He's in there sleep at the meeting. Yeah, retire.
0: Yeah. Uh,
5: all right. You know, they're calling him Sleepy Joe. I think Joe could beat him. And why he'd want to do it at this age... I don't on, know. He's a chance to be you president. Know, and, and he's I, been I, wanting to be president of the United States. I, I for get the that. 80s. I get that. Since the eighties, really? I've right. wanted to be congressman. But let me tell you something. I said if Danny don't run, I'll, I'll run. But I was just joking. I'm trying to buy those candles you bought from <laughs> the, <laughs> the cannabis. Candles? The cannabis <laughs> candles. I'm trying to to eke out a living here. I'm trying to have my music done. And in the at this point in my life, Monroe, you know what I'm saying? I'm still going from first to third on a base hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a winning record in softball right now, and I'm playing against 18- and 19-year-olds who can't do nothing with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Why would I want to put that stress back on me of being in office? People do not understand how stressful it is. And and, and Monroe knows because he's right there with Sawyer. It, it, it will kill you. It yeah. will take you yeah, out of here. It is stressful. Who, why, right. would, why do that at how old is Biden? 76.
2: How old is who? Joe Biden. Biden. Oh, Biden is 76, 76, isn't he? Okay, so you take
5: office at 78. Come yeah. on, Grandpa. You know what <laughs> I mean. Why put that stress on? And, and look, I guarantee you. do you Remember how Brock looked three yeah. weeks after he got in yeah. there? Yeah. Everything was gray. He started. He's not dyeing his hair anymore. It's like I've lost. Come on, man. Right. Yeah, but Reagan. Reagan was old. He in it. He just looked old. He left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no Reagan chance. was dying uh, that hair. But Reagan, anyway, know, Reagan wasn't running nothing. You know, you had Nancy and the, the astrologists. And come on.
2: <laughs> All right, now I got to ask you one last question before you head out the door. Uh, why I gotta I, leave? Yeah, uh, well, cause we white people always put me out of places. <laughs> why? Why? This is not right. I, I knew you we would blame that. We
5: shall overcome.
2: No, uh, I, one of your uh, favorite aldermen was quoted in the newspaper today. Okay, uh, Today's Sun-Times. Uh, i already talked about this, given my thoughts on this. Embarrassing defeat for Waggis back chairing his first finance committee Thank meeting uh, is the headline in the story. Thank and you, I read a, it. You read that story. Yes. And uh, so they voted against him. I talked about this earlier uh, on a settlement deal. Now, for all I know, they reversed it today. I've been in the studio. And I think they met uh, to, to try to pass the settlement. But it's a $3.7 million settlement stemming from a drunk driving accident. And Alderman thought... Uh, Uh, that it was unwise for the city of Chicago to spend so much money on the settlement. That wasn't it. All right.
5: I know where you're going. They wanted to send a message. They did not like Walsh's back. I don't like him. He ran Amy Sue Mertens against me for no reason, along with Riley. You know, for no reason other than she was white and I'm black. And they told me, "Ricky, the district is changing. What does that mean? More white folk don't move in, so all the black power got to go." What have I done wrong? Wait, who, who, when was this? I can't remember. what This year is when it was. Amy Sue Mertens yeah, ran against me, that. and they said I was losing in the polls. And I said, if I don't, if I get less than sixty-five percent of the vote, I'll go on state and late and drop pull Mayor Daly's draws down and kiss his lily white ass. <laughs> And I didn't have to do it because I got 67% of the vote. But they were like, oh, Ricky the people don't like him. The conservative white people voted for me hands down. Yeah. I went to the party. As soon as I got the numbers from the conservative white folk, the liberals, the progressives, the Wazispaks and the old were against me. And it was it's it's all crap. So they wanted to send a message to him they, if 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 Lori Lifer if there was a separate vote for him as chairman of the finance committee, trust me, he would have lost. Yes, he's not popular. They don't like him, and, and they have reasons not to like him. He is a self serving jerk.
2: Okay, all right. That's it, leading the charge was your old friend from the fifteenth ward, Alderman Ray Lopez, who is one of the. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Politics makes strange bedfellows. Lopez baby. is one of
2: the greatest <laughs> aldermen I've ever seen. No, I don't like him either. <laughs> the look Ricky Henning just gave me, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, I Politics just had Politics makes
5: strange bedfellows. Uh, but that was a message to, to Wazza. I,
2: I, absolutely. Look, at, I liken it to this, and I'll be, end the show the way I began it, Ricky Hendon and Monroe Anderson. Uh, the city council is like high school. They're the popular kids and the unpopular exactly. kids. And Scott Waggis back is an unpopular kid. And he's replacing Ed Burke, who is very popular. And I personally, Ricky, you and I may disagree with us, could not stand Ed Burke as an alderman. I did not like the way he ran the finance committee. I did not like the way he had a conflict of interest with right. property tax appeal. <laughs> but I'm not an alderman in the Chicago City Council.
5: They love him. Let me tell you something that Anna Lankford taught me. Uh, Monroe knows Anna. 16th Lankford. Ward Alderman. Yeah, former Alderman. Anna had a big bowl of candy on front of her desk like you have right here. Just like, help yourself. I your yours is just all white um, (laughs) little lifesaver things (laughs) here. Anna had the rainbow. It's mint. (laughs) Anna had like the little bitty miniature uh, Snickers and and, and she kept it there. And why did she keep it there? I asked her one day. She said, Ricky, Alderman, I was Alderman. She said, everybody comes by and grab a little piece of candy. And I chit-chat with them. In the end of the chit-chat, I might ask him to vote a certain way or, you know what I mean? I show myself to be friendly. And she taught me that. Show yourself to be friendly. When I became senator, Emo Jones put me with all the downstaters. Uh, he wanted me to be chairman of the agriculture committee. I'm like, man, I don't grow no peanuts and popcorn on the <laughs> west side. I ain't growing no cotton. But he said, listen, he said, my role appreciate it. He said, <laughs> that ain't the point. He said, "I want you to get to one day you're going to need these yeah. country bumpkin Democrat guys." Someone was as racist as they could get, mm. but we became friends. I cut down their racist stuff, they cut down my black militant stuff, and we were able to work together. But we never would have been able to work together if it didn't have a visionary like uh, Emil Jones who said, "Hey, you gotta mingle and mix and D.D. De- and like Anna said, "Hey, did my candy attracts people and shows me to be friends. Why this has done none of that?" He says, I'm the independent. I'm the progressive. Let me ask you this. I'm better than everybody can, else. Do you They're think like, it's playing. possible
2: to be an outspoken independent and uh, support, uh, vote against the mayor's initiatives and still have that Anna Lankford in you where you can put the candy out on the table and say oh, the yeah. other alderman? I am not. i, I just going to tell you something right now, Ricky Hendon. I'm going to vote against. I know he's your guy. You love Rahm Emanuel more than life itself, but I'm going to vote against him. Are you going to hate me when it's all? Is it possible for an alderman to do Listen, that?
5: I was. I was unfortunately one time I ran and they put my they 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 uh, OJ my picture. <laughs> these were some white people in the white neighborhood they OJ'd my picture when Amy Summers was running against me while I was packing them so they darkened. they took a picture of me and they darkened. Oh, it made it black they could make and they, the that, they, yeah, yeah, make and they put OJ, it all up yeah. in the white neighborhood mm-hmm. right and they thought it was gonna kill me with the white voters right yeah. I would knock on white people door they was like Ricky I took that Crap off my door! I took it off the poles. We took it down ourselves. We know this is just some crap because when people get to know you as a person, they got to know I'm not a black militant crazy guy. I'm, I'm for my people. Yeah. I understand that my base was West Side African American, but I know how to go to Greektown and Chinatown, and, 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 and I know how to have a bowl of candy on my desk. You know what I'm saying? And the yeah. thing about Burke, yeah, he had his issues, but Ed would play the piano at your fundraisers and sing and everything, and, and every, you know... So you yes you can do it but you have to sh- people will be able to see through whether it's fake or not if it's not fake I mean I was all the and still doing stand up so how am I this racist crazy guy yeah am I chairman of Black Caucus yes do I want to say uh, we have a Black agenda and, and push that agenda yes if, if was I against the mayor sometime whether it was Sawyer or yeah. You know, there were times I disagreed with Harold. There are times I disagreed with with uh, Willie Wilson. Yeah. I disagree with Willie on some stuff right now, and that's my guy. I was with him yesterday. You know, oh, I, that's a whole
2: so, other discussion. So you I got to get it. Willie back in the show. And you should yeah, do it.
5: You should be independent and progressive. And and, and, and I'm giving Lori Lightfoot all the space she needs because she needs at least a year. You know, to really get, you can see where she's really coming from. But if she comes up with a sugar tax or something like that, I'm going to be on the Ben Jorowski show saying hell to the no.
2: (laughs) Hell to the no. Monroe, do you think it's possible to have, to vote against uh, the mayor, speak out against the mayor, and still do something nice like Anna Lankford, put some candy on your table and win the other alderman over?
3: I... She seems pretty tough.
5: Yeah. Well, I did more yeah. than yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, right. uh, there, there's she she this thing called tough. defer and publish in in, in, in Chicago. Yeah. and, and, and in put in it Chicago off. Too. So if you want to put something off, yeah. you know you're going to lose, but you need a, three weeks or whatever to try yeah. to negotiate something. Everybody, and you need uh, three aldermen to vote with you. Everybody in city council knew if you needed somebody to defer and publish, go get Ricky. Yeah, Ricky going to say you got two more. And if you had your other two, I was your third. Everybody knew yeah. it. So guess what? If I needed to defer and publish, guess what? I never lost. I never lost. I, and people owed me favors. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, now no, he's he, he's a power on the West Side, that's for sure.
2: All right, that is Monroe Anderson, Ricky Hennon in the studio. Thank you both very much. Leah did a great job as always. Yay, Leah. And Ricky, i got to just tell you something about this man over here. The man, the myth the legend, the man who makes it all happen, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois, behind the board. Ricky, do you know what they call him down home in Alton? What do they call him? White Lightning. (laughs) No, they don't. Nobody calls me
5: that. Is that because of what he drinks or how fast he can run? How fast he is!
2: He's so fast, they call him White Lightning. Anyway, that's Dr. D. did a great job. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. (laughs) All right.
1: And remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicagoreader.com, chicago.suntimes.com, slash Jarofsky, and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Downloaders, you know we live stream this show? Yeah, we do. Tuesday through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. at both sites as well, chicagoreader.com, chicago.suntimes.com, forward slash Jarofsky. Oh, and check out our Facebook and Twitter pages, at Benny J. Show.